Hey, honey bunny, it's Rivka Reyes, and you are listening to the Chronicles of Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast. Today, we should be speaking to a man who has a 90s hit smash record, runs the AIM Academy in Hansworth, Birmingham, and who is an inspiration, an idol, a pioneer to kids all around the world. These are the chronicles of Battery Engine. Wind your body. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the sixth edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And these are the chronicles of Apache Indian. My name is Jamie. I am the bearded brummy. Joining me, as always, is this very handsome man. Oh, very. I like that. Normally, you don't go with a, with a, like a, is it a noun? What is it? What's the word? It's not an adjective, that's a descriptive word. What's the, it's got some time. Hi, guys. Is it noun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're going very handsome this time. Thank you so very much. Oh, Jamie. It's a daytime recording. It the is. The sun is shining. I'm feeling good. You're getting a very. Oh, I mean, I appreciate it more than you could possibly ever imagine, to be honest with you. So thank you so much. That's really, that's made my heart melt. It's been quite, it's been quite a morning so far. So yeah, it's graciously appreciated. I've just had my coffee. So I was about to come on here and I was like, I'm hungry. So I was like, I'll have a poo and then I'm going to get some breakfast. I was like, the laptop's not loaded yet. So we'll, uh, it'd be absolutely fine. So I've got time to, you know chow down and some breakfast and have a coffee before we get started but we've been sat here for 20 minutes chatting away before we start anyway so which is standard for us really yeah exactly so yeah these are the chronicles of apache indian apache indian is a very wholesome wonderful uh spiritual religious individual so for this episode guys we are not going to swear you can have no 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 okay (laughs) none of that on this show Absolutely no, 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 bit. Stop making me put beeps in. <laughs> I can't resist. I can resist. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so we're going to go through this whole episode for the first time ever without swearing because we feel it's more professional. We think more, it's more dignified. Enjoy. More yes, more um, uh, gives that bit more of a je ne sais quoi. <laughs> as the French like to say in the podcasting world, you know, give it a bit more, I don't know, uh, Italians would say a bit more specimen to boil and to get uh, and that sort of thing. So, you know, all the Spanish, let's go with a bocadillo de jamón. What now? A bocadillo de jamón. Is that a word? Or you just I don't know what, stuff up? No, no, it's a ham sandwich, but I just like... <laughs> is that a Spanish for ham sandwich? Bocadillo de jamón, yeah, it is. I've learned something today, kids. Un poco de de jamón. Un poco de de queso is a cheese sandwich. Yeah. Fair enough. Google, what's... uh... (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what it wasn't. That thing you just said. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, man? How's things? I'm good. I'm good. Like I said, the sun is shining. It's a good day. I'm I'm very awake. (laughs) We love a daytime recording. We do. We were going to record last night, and I was like, do you know what? It'd be much better if we go because every time we have a daytime recording, we're like the sun's out. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it! Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're not working. This is amazing. Well, I am working, but not in the daytime. 
I'm not working at all today. So I've got a, you know, the only thing I'll be working is these, the gun show. All right. All right. <laughs> no, that was horrific. Please take that out. Um, no. No, no working for me today. Yeah, no, I'm working from 10 o'clock tonight. Yay. Hooray. Nice shit. Nice shit. Um, but I've got a little, nice little six day run now after this. And I get my two weeks off. Yay. So very, very, very excited for my two weeks off. I'm not going to lie to you. It's been a while since I've had some time. Um, like, you know, when you have like, oh, I just look forward to holidays. I know what's going to happen. It's the holiday will turn up and I'll be like, cool. So what should I do with myself? That's what I say that you're going to be sat there and be like, I'm going to work now, I'm bored. Uh, I might watch an episode of this. And then I might have some lunch. Might ask my and housemates then, if they want their eyes checked on board. I might go for a hop, skip and a jump. <laughs> skip and a jump. Bye. Are you watching Netflix at the moment? Uh, oddly enough, I was, yes. Have you, have you seen Clickbait? No, I've heard of it, but I've not seen right, it. Right, right. Okay. So I'm six episodes in. Okay. okay. Out, of, out of eight. I can't recommend it enough. Okay. I literally cannot stress to you how incredible that show is okay anyone listen to this go on netflix whether i don't know where if you are in the world go on netflix and go watch clickbait and thank me later okay i'll add it it to my list it's unbelievable and you think it's a a story based on um a kidnapping and the kidnapping gets put up on social media and if the video hits 5 million views, that person dies. It, and then the story, you're like, oh, okay. And then you see some characters go, oh, okay. And then every episode is from a different perspective of a different family member or person. And then you go, oh, it's obviously, okay, so this, that must be this. And then every episode, another twist of bells, like, what? Like, what? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> it's, um, it's incredible. I cannot... And I mean, I'm not stressed enough how good it is. I shall check it out. I shall add it to my list. I've heard good things about it. I just hadn't got around to it. In, yeah, just insane. Insane. Yeah, go go check it out. So uh, what's we going with you, man? What's, what's, what's new? What's crack-a-lacking, as the kids say these days? Oh, I like that phrase. What's crack-a-lacking? Um, not a lot. I've mostly been rihannering. Um, Yesterday was my boy's 12th birthday. Sam turned 12. It was very emotional for me. Was it? Although, for some reason, I kept telling him he was 34 now, but I don't know. Why? I don't know. I just said it randomly the other day and it kind of stuck. I just like, Sam, I can't believe you're going to be 34 on your next birthday. He looked at me really confused and I just went with yeah, it for the rest of the makes, day. I don't makes, know no, why. That makes no sense. I know. I don't know why I said it, but I've just been weird. Sam, you've been in this 12 years, <laughs> so I'm going to say that you're 34. No one's going to understand what the goddamn hell I'm on about. I know. I don't even um, know why I said it. No, no, Becky, wait, 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 wait. So, no, don't, I know it's awful, but just let me roll with it, okay? I've said it now, let me roll. Joe, not you as well. Bear with me. You've been here 12 years. 12 long, glorious years. Nope, I've decided you're 34 now. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's basically how this works. No, 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 I've got this, I've got this, yes. <laughs> Daddy, why do you mean he's... Th- no, 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 not you, Olivia. Not you, Okay. <laughs> Don't you get involved as well. I have enough with Becky and Joss. I don't think you're doing them as well. <laughs> <laughs> you're 34, son. You're one year younger than me. 
which means I had you when I was one. <laughs> All right. That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. It's not even biologically possible. Well, I had to make sure he's at least younger than me in some way, because, you know, I'm his dad. I've got to be older than him. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just don't understand. I genuinely don't know. But my thought process then was, because he was terrified, because he started senior school yesterday on his birthday, the poor sod. My thought process then was, if he's 34, he doesn't have to worry about school. He can just go get a job. Yeah, because that makes it better. <laughs> I don't that makes, know. It, that makes it so much better. Like, I'd much rather be at school than at work. Yeah, me. me yeah. It's but so no. weird, isn't it, how youth is wasted on the young. I know. I brought him the most annoying birthday present. I'm so happy with myself. <laughs> Have you it? ever seen an automaton? What the hell is that? It's a musical instrument that basically works a bit like a keyboard. It's got a fret on it. You press the buttons and it's got a mouth on the bottom. And you open the mouth. They're amazing. They are so funny. And it literally just goes, goes bah, 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 to the different beats. It's so annoying. What? But he loves it. Honestly, if anyone has never heard of an automaton, just look them up on YouTube. People do like full cover songs and everything. They are amazing. It's just the weird and wonderful instruments that you can have these days now. It's insane. Yeah. It has and a mouth on it. It literally, the bottom of it has like eyes and a mouth on it and you squeeze it so it opens. What the hell? <laughs> but it's amazing, and he was so happy. So it was all worth it. Okay, good. So you had a good day then, yeah? Yeah, no, we had a great day. Um, uh, what else have I done? What's we've the, done, we've first... done an interview. We have. Do you want to go back to your son's birthday first, though? Because you've given us like no context whatsoever. All Apart right, from that, apparently he's 34 and he started school. How was his first day at school, I was going to say? It was really well, actually. I said to him when you were right, because he was terrified in the morning, bless him, apparently. He was absolutely terrified. Where was he going to? Uh, all Saints. Okay. So, so yeah, apparently he's Harrison walked him in. His big brother took him in instead of walking around to his new school with his mom because he didn't want to be embarrassed. Classic but, teenager, yeah. Yeah, but no, he absolutely loved it. He was like, it was a bit scary, but it was all right when to settled in. Apparently, the teachers got them to write a letter to themselves in five years' time, which the teachers are going to give to them in year eleven. That's really I was clever. Like, That's a great idea. That's really clever. I know. I really liked that idea. Knowing Sam, he's written the most random things. Yeah, they're only 16 and his messes are good and they're going, why did you write that for? What, what's this? What's an automaton? <laughs> why are you 34 now? <laughs> yeah, why is your dad saying 34? Aren't you, aren't, you, aren't you 16, 17 now? Like, what, so what, are you 40? Isn't your dad 41? Wait, Becky, Joe, wait. What do you mean I'm 40 now? I thought I was 16, 17. Yeah. So yeah, what else can you do yourself? Um, not a fat lot. Like I'm glad he had a good birthday, by the way. Okay. He did have a good birthday, yeah. Um, not a fat lot other than that, to be honest. Um, been going to the gym, working, as I always said. I haven't really watched anything, just carrying on with my friends who will be there for me. Um, I'm I, so sorry you put yourself through that. <laughs> but I'm on like season six, so I ain't got much left, to be fair. I've got like four seasons left. The pain is almost over. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I did yesterday for the first time in ages? I made an ice cream. Did you? Yeah. I, uh, I gave away some vouchers for part of a charity raffle that Becky did. I think I mentioned it on the show the other week. And yeah, boy. So yeah, someone won a voucher for that. And I made vegan raspberry ripple. Nice. I bet that just, why just make raspberry? Oh, they, is it, wanted oh dairy free. they wanted yeah, yeah, yeah. dairy free. Vegan? They want a vegan, right? They want a vegan raspberry ripple, all right? 
Did I say vegan? I meant vegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah you said vegan. Vegan, mate. That's vegan now. That's a, that's a great new bloody word. Why is everything we're saying turning Australian lately? Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. Isn't it? Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. But yeah, just because she's that. You know, if you're going to mess up, I'm going to jump all over it. You know, it's it's as it always. That's what friends do these days, isn't it? This is very true. Anyway, how are you? What have you been doing? Mate, I'm buzzing. I'm really good. You know, we've got a beautiful, beautiful Tuesday morning out here. Um, I've been reentering, of course. I've had quite a bit of time off, actually. I was meant to go to the Slam Dunk Festival this weekend. Um, but unfortunately, dollar dollar bills and uh no ride home told me that i couldn't um so i was pretty gutted that i missed um mcfly with a secret act so i could have said mcfly which would have been sick i saw that that's really cool yeah. <laughs> so it, was, it was busted the year before well two years before because of covid and then it was mcfly this time so maybe it's going to be busted next year so <sighs> that'll be titties um so then gets good slumber which is fine so i went to Chatham for the weekend um I went to the rugby with Paul. I went to Gloucester Rugby take on Ealing. What a game. And it's 38 36. It was absolutely insane. Insane game. Loved it. Where is uh, Ealing? I don't even know where that Ealing's is. by London, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Yeah. That's why I asked where it is. <laughs> or it's in London. Ealing's in London. It's right. It's London, basically. It sounds Londonish. Um, and then I saw my family for the first time in a while, which is quite nice. Um, and I went out with Damo and Ollie and Nick and Pete on Saturday night. It was really nice to the boys again. So lush in the pigs. It was good. A great night. Great night. I saw um, you say something about that. There's a little part of me was like, I'm so jealous. I want to be there. Yeah, Martin texted me and he just put a crying face. I was like, oh, mate, it's okay. <laughs> you went to Slumber Leeds. So, kumsi kumsa. You know, uh, tomato, tomato. Kumsi <laughs> kumsa. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else have I been doing? Um, oh, I went. Uh, I went to play golf, mini golf, on Wednesday night um, with a lovely lady, mm-hmm. um, and I absolutely whooped her ass. So, yeah, and yeah, at well, golf. Hey. hey, yeah. She only she I, she I only just beat her the first time round, but then I shared a cocktail, so the second time round was just. <laughs> eventful it's funny but i was shocking we did like our forfeit like eight shots because there's some holes that are on slants i was like you must be joking so it was really cool it's like really rainforesty and stuff and jungly and there's loads of like trees that talked and stuff it was really cool that sounded really cool it was really cool so um other than that man i'm just trying to think now there's not really a whole hell of a lot i've done watch clickbait on netflix like i said earlier Incredible, incredible. Watch more with Sol- uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Don't know about it. The say again. I'm... I'm two episodes in now, and I'm just like, mm, it's all right. It is good. It gets a bit better. It's a bit, bit of a slow start, if memory serves, but it is good. Okay, so maybe it gets better. Um, because I'm really confused. Because obviously, people watch by now. How's Zemo? Baron Zemo's in it. It's like I thought he died in the Civil War. So no, he like, doesn't die. I thought he shot himself. He memory serves he went to and someone stopped him. Oh, I don't spoil it anymore then. I can't remember if I'm honest. I'm since Civil War in quite a while. Because Black Panther's there, isn't he? In when he's about to take his own life in Civil War. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I'll, to... I'll watch it anyway. It's fine. Um I was gonna say he started in there, you gotta carry on. Oh, I'll definitely finish it. It's just I'm just getting around to it, I could be asked. 
Um, I've been gymming a lot more now as well, getting back into a proper routine, which has been quite cool. Um, so yeah, that man, not I've just completely given up the wrestling now. I've pretty much given up on WWE. Yeah, even though Daniel Bryan's now in AEW and Adam Cole, oh. I'm just like, nah, not interested anymore. I'm not I or I've got I've got the event ready to watch. I haven't started watching it yet, all out. But I've heard nothing but good things about this this show. Like people saying this show reignited my love for wrestling. Comments like that, I'm like, yeah, I've got to watch this. I just can't commit to it anymore. I can't be bothered. So I'm just yeah. I'm giving up. After since watching this is 1998. So you know, I think it's time to put it to bed now. It's just yeah, not, I'm not what it was anymore. Like I said, I've given up on WWE. I'll continue to read the results, but I've got no interest in watching it. Yeah, that's fair enough. So yeah, other than that, man, not a whole hell of a lot. Fair enough. Just looking forward to my holiday. Looking forward to some time off. Um, we've got Tom Stade next week. Yeah, we do. I was going to say we've got a busy couple, busy. Blah, 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 blah. We've got a busy uh, bit of time ahead of us. We have a, a glorious interview tonight to do. We've got a glorious interview next week. We're going to see Tom Stade. We've got some busy times ahead, my friend. Oh yeah, we interviewed on Thursday night. We did. Yeah, interview on Thursday night was absolutely phenomenal. Not be out in about nine weeks' time. Something like that. Is. Yeah. <laughs> we like to be ahead. We don't just keep ahead of ourselves. So, yeah. Well, now we're caught up. I suppose we better hear from one of our friends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I'm Mixtron, and um, I can't even remember why I'm here. But I think it was for either the Chronicles podcast or to say, God bless you all. So, Mr. Stevens, as how a boy turned up to educate us. Welcome to Callum Streetings. Uh, is this guy coming to talk to the world with his infinite knowledge again? Uh, you mean previous, is Callum coming to treat us all? Yeah. You're damn right he is previous. Welcome to Callum Streetings. forward to these every week do you i really do so are you ready to be treached yes educate me jamie what is callum treaching us this week if you try to fail and succeed in doing so what did you just do Ah! (laughs) we say every week he's not wrong (laughs) why would you try to fail though i suppose maybe sabotaging something so if you if you try to fail and succeed, oh my god, my brain! <laughs> if you try to if you try to fail, then technically you succeeded at failing because you purposely failed. We're back in the old uh, English language conversation, yeah. aren't we? Uh, how anything can mean anything. But he's, he's absolutely right, though, because if you purposely want to fail, then definitely you technically not failed. You succeeded at failing instead. Ah, <laughs> ah, that's, that's my reaction to the ah, ah, ah my brain. It hurts. Um, yeah, what, what, te- yeah, what have you just done? Yeah, you, you've succeeded, you succeeded fail at failing by succeeding at failing. <laughs> ah, yeah, I need um, like Abe's other, you know, you know, for the Mudokans. Um, oh my days you've just succeeded at failing then yeah so you've technically done both by you've, you've fa- well that's but hmm 
I think you succeeded myself. Yeah, but at the same time, if, you, if you're aiming to fail doing a certain task and you fail that task, then you have failed it. You've not succeeded at the task you wanted to achieve, but in general, you have succeeded in life. This is getting far too philosophical. Not a fan, no. Well, you've nailed that, so I'm not even going to add anything more. <laughs> that was absolutely beautiful. We'll end on that, on Jamie's little, you know, uh, philosophical piece. Yeah. What else is Callum preaching us this week? This week. Why doesn't Tarzan have a beard? You know what? That is, that is probably a one damn of the great... good point. Yeah. Because surely he should. Unless, the, I don't know, the monkeys, like, does he use animals to cut it all off or something? Or he's got stupidly long hair. So yeah, why I was going to say, beard? yeah, he's got stupid long hair, so why no beard? Yeah. Hmm. Disney, you have a lot to answer for. Hmm. George of the Jungle doesn't have a beard either. He does, doesn't he? No, George of the Jungle doesn't have a beard. But then again, it's Brendan Fraser. You don't want to cover that face up. I love that movie, by the way. I want to watch it's one of the best. <laughs> hey, Mister Go Two Can on Can. Um, so, <laughs> but why doesn't Tarzan have a beard? I'm just trying to think now. I don't know. I generally don't know. No, me. Because he should. He must he definitely must have a beard. Some, he must have some clean, cleansing routine. He must have some sort of like spring showery thing in the waterfall and he just uses animals to, I don't know, like a I could, crocodile. I could understand how he clean himself. Yeah, that's fine. I'll go with that one. But beard. Well, why don't you cut your hair if you can cut your beard? Unless it's it, just a fashion I'm choice. Right. Just a yeah, fashion maybe, choice. Yeah, maybe it's just it doesn't look as cool without hair if you're swinging from vines. Maybe. Maybe he likes, the, he likes the fear of the wind for his hair, as he? Maybe his beard would smack him in the face to get falling off vines when he swung. I'm trying to think what you could use to shave. Sharp rocks? I don't know. Ow, that sounds painful. Animals. It's used one of the jungle animals. I was trying to think what. I like the idea um, of monkeys eating it. Monkeys that eat hair, you sausage. No, no, but you said it at the start, and I just like the idea. I like they even pick them out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, my days. How long you have a stumped, sir? Next time we get someone from Disney, we'll have to when we interview them. Let's ask that question. You know, I'm going to look for one of the animators who works on Tarzan now, just so we can like sit him down and be like, "Tell me, why what? doesn't he have a beard?" Just, just for that question. <laughs> just for that, just for that question. And finally, Jamie, what else is Callum Trichinger's this week? this week? The company Yamaha have two main products that they produce: motorbikes and pianos. Which one came first, and why did they start doing the other one? Very good point. It is quite an interest. I might my, my bass guitar used to be a Yamaha. Oh, so maybe it's a, maybe bikes and music just make. I don't know. My guess it. is one day they were playing on a keyboard, and they made a sound that sounded a bit like a motorcycle engine. They thought, "Hey, that'd be something else we could make." <laughs> Do you know what? I'm actually going to Google what came first. Let's have a look, shall we? What came first, the keyboard or the motorbike? Yamaha. Oops, I put Yamaha. <laughs> this is where we find out they make a ton of other stuff. Yeah, probably. What came first? Motorbike? <laughs> if this or... auto-completes, like it's already a question in Google, I'll be really happy. <laughs> Motorbike or piano? The piano came first. Mm. It is a question. People would ask, did Yamaha make pianos and motorcycles first? They... <laughs> 
founded as a piano and organ manufacturer. Well, there we go. There you go, you see. They obviously just went, cool, we'll make, our, we'll make instruments. This is cool. And it's, uh, hey, Dave, Steve, what can you do? <laughs> oh, well, we, we used to be mechanics, mate. We used to be mechanics. I don't know why you've got us working on pianos and, and organs. We're not entirely sure what's going on here, to be quite honest for you. But I can definitely tune a bark. I can make a bark engine and make a bark itself. Can you? Ah. Yeah, yeah, Colin, <laughs> what do you reckon? Should we, uh, should we go into the metalwork industry? I, I know we're in the musician industry. I know we, I know we make pianos. I know, I know. But I just thought that, you know, we can make bikes, you know? Well, Colin, uh, Steve and Dave over here make, make bikes. Well, they make, they make engines. Yeah, they, they make bikes and they can fine tune them and everything. Well, it's worth dipping into the market, don't you think? Do you think so? <laughs> but we've got billions and billions of pounds we can spend on stuff, you know, because we're rich and we don't like to share our money with anybody else. So, yeah. Yeah, we are Tories, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, as long as we make it, as long as we, we tax the poor, we, what we'll do is we'll hack the prices up massively on bikes because obviously working class people love bikes. And what we'll do is we'll make an absolute stinking <laughs> disgusting profit off of it. We'll pay our workers fuck all. And then, uh, yeah, David Stevery, yeah, they can make bikes. And we'll, we'll pay the penny a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did this go from a question of how you go from keyboards to bikes to being a dig against the Tories? Yeah, yeah, all right, Dave. All right, Steve. Yeah, okay. Well, what about bikes? That's, that's, that's a good idea. It's like, what can you make? It was, well, we'll call it Yamaha. That's okay with you. Is that all right, yeah? Oh, absolutely, Colin. That's absolutely bloody champion. Bloody champion, that is bloody our... champion. We'll get, we'll get started now. Can we bring Tony as well? Can we bring Tony from construction start? Oh, no, he died, didn't he? got eaten by the lion. Oh, sorry about that. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, yeah Barry. Barry, you in? Yeah, we'll make backs for you. We'll make backs for you. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. Trevor's in the background with his keyboard. Hey, boys, look what noise I can make. Meep, meep, meep. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great idea. I'll make engine sound like that. It's blatantly the, the motorbike engine noise is from three guys recording their own voices. It's got noise. <laughs> so, Steve, what did you do for your career? Well, I was, I was a motorbike engine noise man, voice actor. I was a motorbike engine voice actor, I were. Yeah. Doing it for 40 years. 40 years. They got me to record once, so they didn't need me anymore. They sacked me. Sacked me. Motorbike engine noise recorder. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Callum's Treachings. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, composure, composure. And scene. <laughs> Jamie. Yes, sir. It's time for Tom's Journal. Yeah, it is. And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. So welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. Jamie. Hello. I just want to know why my clothes only get caught on the door handle when I'm in a bad mood. Yep, always the way. <laughs> always the way. It's so frustrating. It's yep. so frustrating. I hate it so much. It's always belt like, loop as well. Belt loop, bag, headphones. Headphones do it all the time when you're wearing them with the wires. Those get caught and then they break that way because they get caught. They smack, they click completely out of your phone and then you rip them and tear them. And it's so frustrating. It's the same way your headphones are only ever tangled to the point you can't undo them when you're in a bad mood. That's yeah. mine. That's the one that gets me all the time. 
I also hate clipping like uh, cupboard handles or door handles or stuff with your hip or something. Oh, yeah. But on the flip side of things, one of the most beautiful moments at work happened last week that filled my heart with such joy. Amazing. A kid had his glasses uh, fixed, Mm. right? And his initial reaction was he ran away from the dispense table going, Daddy, 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 I can see. I can see, Daddy. And then he like goes, Daddy, kiss. And I guess he's like, I'm so happy. And he like ran off down the store. I was Aww. like, melted. Absolutely melted. It was just the luscious thing ever. Part of me thought you were going to say, and then he prominently ran into something. <laughs> no, no, no. He was just, it was, it, oh, my heart just went. I was like, that's adorable. That's so cute. That's why I love my job sometimes for moments like that. So, Jamie. Hello. Here's a story about how the clock was invented. Guy who invented the clock. There's going to be 12 numbers on it. Friend. So the day we divided into 12 segments. Inventor. No, 24. Friend. So the day's going to start at 1. Inventor. The day's going to start at 12, which is at night. Friend. What? Inventor. So the six means 30. When you break it down like that, it makes absolutely no sense how the clock works. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? The three means 15. The nine means 45, right? Yeah, you got that? Day starts at 12, but it's at night. So it's not day, it's night time. <laughs> <laughs> the more it's you good. think about it, the less it makes sense, yeah. Yeah, crazy. Absolutely like crazy. That. Um, we've had an absolutely beautiful... Um, so do you remember back in the day where we scared pizza? <laughs> yeah. Now we're going walking up clever hills. You can walk up clever hills? Apparently so, Mr. Matthew Roberts. Are they located anywhere near Cleve Hills? They are located <laughs> near Cleve Hills. So I was having a chat with Matt on, uh, on Saturday before I went back to Cheltenham. I was like, oh, so what's your plans for the weekend? So he's like, oh, I'm going to go play tennis, go do this, do this. Then we go walk up Clever Hill on Sunday. I went, oh. <laughs> and how clever are these hills, Matt? <laughs> to which point he was like, do one. <laughs> so going up for a walk up Clever Hill, are you, Matt? Is it next to Cleve Hill? <laughs> Does your intelligence levels rise the further up you get them? You know what I'm like? I'm just, when, a, when, is a, when is a mess up or an autocrat, I would jump all over that like you wouldn't believe I know better than anyone I know. <laughs> every intro to this podcast I know. And every time it comes up on an autocrat, I'm like, type faster, type faster, come on, quick, before they notice, before they notice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Um, Jamie. Hello. During news articles, why the hell do journalists chase cars screaming questions at people in the can't <laughs> hear them like, or get an answer? The car's driving away, journalists like, that's what I'm doing like, like the Volvo was going to turn and be like, actually, mate, can you do, do me a favour? <laughs> fuck off. Um, like, <laughs> it's so weird. Like the exhaust just start talking or something. It's so weird. Like, <laughs> why do journalists chase after cars when they're driving away? As if they're like, oh, do you know what? Actually, yeah, good point, actually. You made a good point there. Let me ask that question for you. Let me stop, reverse. Oh, no, I ran you over. Bye, bad. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. It's some of they all hoard around the cars and I feel like, you don't know, they've only got to put their foot down and you're all gone. It's not worth it for a story in a newspaper. I suppose there's no more stories about journalists getting run over. I know, yeah. 
Like, crazy. So when they chase police vans, are they all the photographers like at the windows, like, you are mental bastards. Mental. Yeah. I don't know why they do it. Um, another question as well. Why do you always get your laces tied in a knot when you need to pee really bad? <laughs> Wait. How do your laces stop you from peeing? Exactly. Well, so I'm really weird, right? I have this... I don't know if it's like an OCD thing. When I get in, I have to take my hat off, my bag off, my headphones, my shoes. Potentially it's shirt. And then I have to go to the toilet so I feel a bit more comfortable. I don't, because if I'm sweating my ass off, I don't want to be sat there in all the full gear. So I, but my laces always get tied in a knot because I double knot them. So I'm always like, no, no. Like for some reason I have to get my shoes off before I go upstairs. I suppose it's a politeness. It's an etiquette, I think. I mean, I get it in normal circumstances, but if you're dying for a pee that bad, I, I don't think the house is going to shout at you. You're fine. Well, it's just ingrained in me. I just see. I weed myself. Why couldn't do my laces in time? <laughs> um. Oh, this was really funny, and I really felt for this guy. This guy started to run for the train on Sunday when I was coming home at Chatham Station, but his bag was wide open. So when he started running, his water bottle came flying out and hit the tracks. And he literally was like, he was livid. You could see it in him. He was just like, he wanted to go nuts, but obviously it was his own fault. Well, yeah. So he stopped Ty's bag up and then got on the train. But I didn't, I didn't see what fell out of it. First, I thought it was his phone or something. I was like, oh my days. So I went to have a look and it was just this massive metal water bottle. But why would you, A, not zip your bag up? Yeah. Like for starters, that's just, it's not just common sense anyway. And yeah, because that's what happens. So I always have this paranoia when I'm cycling that my bags come on come open or something like that. I don't know why. I always, most time I look behind me and I'm like, no, good, nothing fell out. It's, it's fine. I know I seem to want to work out my bag open. I don't know why. How? It's really weird. I don't know. It's really weird. So you just I mock mean, someone for not open, not closing their bag and then just said, Do you do it? Well, no, I don't know. <laughs> mine wasn't wide open, so like it zipped up one side or something. Oh, it's, not, okay. it's not wide open. His was like proper, like <laughs> wide open. Flapping in the wind. Yeah, yeah, literally. Because he was running for the train. <laughs> Silly man. Um, and then just the train driver didn't believe I'd got on the train. She checked my ticket three times. She thought I was a new person three times. And she was like, oh, yeah, you got a chat them. Yeah, sorry. And she did it to me again. And I did it again. I was like, no, what the f-? <laughs> It's like, I'm not a brand new person. I'm, I've been here the entire time. I'm sorry, I, I don't know. I don't know. Welsh people for you, I guess. Uh, makes sense now. And that was another edition of Tom's Journal. Absolutely beautiful. My main takeaway from that whole thing is I'm never going to be able to look at a clock properly without overthinking it. And you can go to the toilet with shoes on. You can go to the toilet with shoes on. I did know that anyway, though. Okay. Anyway, Jamie, we have reached the piece of resistance. We have. And what a glorious piece of resistance this is. This interview was inspiring. It was like incredibly inspiring and it was just crazy how, because funny, you know, with musicians and stuff like that and people in the music world tend to be like, that's my career, cool. Now we're going to do this out of the other. But Apache Indian has come back with a vengeance and gone, well, I gave to the music world. I created this new genre. Now I want the younger generation to also come be a part of this. Let's build the music community. Let's get people out there. Let's get people noticed. Let's get them in sign artists. Like, there could be some hidden talents that you would never know about, you know, because obviously big corporations are all about those dollar-dollar bills. You've seen X Factor. Like, you know, I'm so sick of those reality shows where it's like, 
people could be amazing. You're like, yeah, you're just not good enough. Bye. Oh, you, you know, you haven't got the image for it. Bye. Oh, you're not a girl. Bye. Like, absolutely ridiculous. Apache Indian brings everybody together in that lo- lovely little community of Handsworth in Birmingham with the AIM Music Academy. Um, just incredible. The work that man does is out of this world. What I love about this as well is this is another one of those, I'm not going to say accidental finds. This all became because I was listening to like a 90s playlist in the car and Boom Shakalak came on. And I was like, I wonder what he's doing now. Let's have a look. Let's reach out. You know, it might be quite interesting to talk to someone that had like a smash hit in the 90s. And I was like, okay, this man's amazing. I'm definitely reaching out. It's like if I didn't listen to that playlist in the car, this, the idea wouldn't have even come to my head to reach out to him. So. I love it when things like that happen. Fate. Yeah, Fate is what we call it. Exactly. Everything happens for a reason. And let the reason be love. <laughs> no, it's love me for a reason as well. So love me for a reason. Let the reason be love. Yeah. So, yeah, get in the bin, Westwood. You messed up massively there. Sorry, my Osmond's knowledge wasn't the top there. Is it the Osmond's? Yeah. I, thought, I thought it was obviously Westlife. Covered. Did Westlife cover it? Or did Boys Don't Cover it? Or did Backstreet West... Boys cover it? Or did A1 West... cover it? Or did Five cover it? <laughs> ah! It was Westlife or Boys Don't. I can't remember. One of the Irish <laughs> ones. But it's definitely the Osmond's original. Was it? Oh, I didn't know it was the Osmond's originally. Okay, that's fine. Apache, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to us. We really, really appreciate you taking your time out. Um, it was just a, an inspirational, eye-opening interview. Um, I beg and plead everybody to go check out the AIM Music Academy. If you know people that want to get out there, get in touch with Apache Indian. Get in touch with him. The man is just, what can I say? An idol, a pioneer, revolutionary. And what else could you use? I don't think it's limited to Birmingham. Like he says, like people he's helped have been overseas. It's the work he's done is amazing. You're going to hear it all in this interview. So I know he's got places in Holland now as well. And I'm sure it will expand and expand and expand. Um, Jamie, any final words? Just as I usually say, Apache Indian, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do this. You are an absolute legend, hero, icon, you name it, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, he had a massive smash hit in the 90s. He runs the AIM Academy in Birmingham. He is an absolute icon, an idol to many youths around the world. It's Apache Indiana. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest of us. Today's guest has a music career spanning over 30 years. He pretty much created his own genre of music. He sold over 11 million albums worldwide. And now he does the noblest of work and uses his experience to help up and coming musicians and the youth. He's the first British Indian artist to hit UK mainstream charts. You'll know him best for his hit single, Boom Shakalak. These are the Chronicles of Apache Indian. It's a pleasure to have you here, sir. Thank you very much. Great to be with you guys. It's an honour. Thank you so much for taking your time out to come sit with us as well. We do appreciate it. So, um, First and foremost, though, how has the last year been for you, dude? Yeah, I mean, um, like for many, it's been up and down. Um, a lot of sadness with uh, the corona and losing people and people being ill. Uh, businesses, obviously the music business got affected big time. 
Um, good side of it, it's nice to spend some time at home. It's not, I, I recorded a lot of music, I recorded an album, uh, probably released about 20 songs since the corona. Um, yeah, but just um, good and bad, really. I mean, you know, it's just, it's tough, it's tough. It's been a tough year. That's, yeah, it's been absolutely mental. So, did you, say you, did you uh, have people affected, you know, that you knew close by the coronavirus or? Yeah, I mean, some people got sick. I'm, I got sick myself. I was in hospital myself. No! Um, so, I mean, it was just a big wake-up call for the world, if you like. I mean, a lot of people in India, a few people were lost, um, close family, friends, some sudden. So, you know, just, wow. I mean, where do you go? Um, so, trying to all pull together and trying to advise each other. Um, I deal with a lot of young people, like you said, uh, with the academy. So, the academy has been shut over the lockdown. So, a lot of work over the phone and dealing with mental health, dealing with you know, things going on at home. Yeah. So the work doesn't, it, it doesn't stop. You know, you have a lockdown, but it actually increases and you have to use all the technology like we are today um, to continue the work, you know, whether it's music or whether it's community or family or friends, the work continues. Good. Well, I'm so sorry for your loss, man. That's absolutely yeah. rubbish. It's, it's like, a, it's a weird, like, uh, like you say, 50-50, because like it was absolutely terrible because obviously people got sick and love, but then you got to spend more time at home with family and be with people, be with loved ones and stuff. So, yeah. It's been been a terrible time. So for everyone around the world, all my blessings and prayers, um, I've, you know, it's kind of brought us together because I'm speaking to a lot more people, you know, that everyone's on the phone or trying to record songs over the airwaves and things. So you have to, you know, you get to value life in the year because we are, you know, the life is really, really moving really quickly. We're always chasing the money. We're always chasing our tails. So kind of the whole world took a step back, if you like. Um, but we need to take two steps forward, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that's the one thing that's amazing about the music industry during this so a lot of bands have managed to record albums like remotely we spoke to a vocalist for a band and she recorded all of her vocals in america while her band's over in some european country and as they managed to put this album together I was like that's amazing how people have managed to use technology to do it yeah i mean i, I recorded an album last year i put out an album in november called what's not to love and, you know, artists from Toronto and America and India, Bombay, Delhi and everything and London, you couldn't even get to. And just to put that all together, I'm proud of the team. But, um, yeah, it can be done. Um, you missed the vibe in the studio, but um, it can be done. And, and some people say it was my best album. So look at that, maybe, you know, you're you know, you got a clear ahead and you can give it more time and it's not in between things. So, yeah, um, um, music is magical like that. So yeah, big up for all the people that kept working because you know we, we missed the gigs, we missed the touring, we missed all the festivals. It's been difficult, but I say to artists, if you can, just be constructive, just constructive, productive, and just get in the studio. And when you when you get signed to record labels, the first thing they say, first thing they say is, "Yeah, in lockdown, go and record your album." That's what's going to change your life. So. <laughs> you know, you can, you can, you know, turn a bad situation on its head. But you know, it's been terrible for around the world, especially with things with you know. And in that time, we had you know. Um, Black Lives Matter in America. We had a lot of things going on in India with the farmers. A lot, you know, a lot of things in the world at the same time. Now, now look at the, what's happening with the climate situation around the world. So it seems to be, you know, it doesn't put people in a good space when you mm. try to look at the world and you try to be positive and you try to. So that's why I say the work, the work increases. You have to keep our spirits up. We have to keep the energy up. We have to just work harder. We have to ride the waves. We have to do it together. Otherwise, we have a breakdown. Uh, from family to to community, uh, and then then we're stepping backwards. Absolutely, beautiful. It's a great way of looking at it. Beautiful. beautiful, yeah, yeah. 
I like that. I'm already getting this wonderful vibe from this. I'm loving this. So take us back, sir. What was the original plan for your life? Young Master Kapoor. Was it, was it always <laughs> music for you or was it, did it just sort of happen? Yeah, I mean, it kind of just happened. I mean, everyone knows me. I love music from a very early age. But at school, I always wanted to be a teacher. Okay. Um, and I was good at sports, so, you know, I'm loving the Olympics. I was, you know, as a local team here at Alexander Stadium where the Commonwealth Games are going to be kept next year, where I used to go every Tuesday and Thursday, long jump and 1,500 metres. <laughs> so I've actually, I've actually got all the trophies. So I was the sports person at school. I wanted to be a sports teacher, English teacher. Um, in that time, I, I mean, I, I recorded a song uh, just, you know, because I love the sound system. I grew up with the whole sound system, culture and reggae music and everything. And I recorded a song to the fun of it, really. Just to say, let me, you know, I love music. Let me, you know, like back in the day, you had dub plates, so you can just make one song. Um, and, and that song changed my life. So sometimes you have one plan for yourself and God has a different plan. So uh, as long as you keep working hard. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just, I love that because obviously, I mean, at that age though, you never know what you really want to do, do you? I think, it's, I think it's very rare for someone to be like, this is what I want to do. Because I think there's only so many percentage of people in the world that, have done what they said they were going to do from, from being a child, like nurse or paramedic or police officer, that sort of thing. But it's so rare to find someone that actually says what they're going to be as a child to what they are now. Absolutely, absolutely. But all the passions are there, you know, from sport, I've kept, you know, kept myself fit and, you know, sport has made a massive difference to my fitness and health throughout the music business to be able to tour and move around. Um, I'm teaching now in the college, so I want to be a teacher. I'm teaching basketball and football and um, teaching the young people on, on certain courses in it. So, you know, you still have those passions and dreams inside mm. you, but the, obviously the, the music took me on a journey. Um, it was very exciting and it took me around the world, still is taking me around the world. Um, but wow, I mean, you know, 30 years of music is obviously, even if you had a few, few years of success, you just still don't know what you're doing maybe when you're 30 or you're 40. Yeah. 30 years back, you can look back, well, I wasn't a dentist or a doctor or a teacher. <laughs> this, is, this, this is what I did. And I'm proud of that because, you know, I took the message and the journey. I took what was personal. Music was very personal. It had the Indian... At the reggae, it was very Birmingham, it was very Hansworth. It was very reflective of how I grew up because my parents came from India. But when they went to work, they actually dropped me off at the nanny next door who was Jamaican. So I was oh. in a Jamaican household for five years before going to prime, probably eight hours a day. So listening to, you know, sound, language, culture. So it wasn't just a love of reggae, it was an understanding of a culture, if, if you like. Yeah. Because it's not just being in the studio and what well, I'm respect and sing a song. You know, vintage maker, you know, it's, it's about understanding a culture. And that's how I think, you know, I, I, I was more successful, if you like, with the music, because I, I understood the culture, understood, understood the people. There was a closeness um, uh, uh, and then an acceptance and a point to prove, if you like. You know, yeah. To us. But, you know, the language and everything was there in your system, whether I was doing music or not. This is how we grew up. Um, and I just put that, I just put that in a record. And then little did I know, you know, Communities are growing, growing up like that, growing like that all over the world. So it had this impact from Birmingham to London to Bradford to, 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 to up north and around the world, Toronto, New York, back to India. Um, I didn't know that was happening, but um, it's just a reflection of communities, people growing up different, wanting to be different, wanting to be free, free through music, wanting to find our identity through music. Uh, and, and that's what I did with that kind of first record, if you like. And, and if you like it and it was so personal, you like something that was so organic and real, and I carry on doing it. I carry on doing that for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it wasn't manufactured. It wasn't a great thought process. It was just a vibe, a reflection of who I was, where I was. Um, and as I said, people could identify to that. So that was, that was brilliant. It wasn't about starting a new genre. But, you know, recent times, I've said, I've 
officially said that we did start that new genre about Asian urban sound, meaning that, you know, if you're Asian, it doesn't have to be Bhangra, it doesn't have to be Punjab. You can just, you're free to do what you want to be. You know, you're free to hip hop, soul, reggae, uh, and be free through your music. Absolutely. Did anyone inspire you at all when you were, so you said that you obviously went to the nanny, was a Jamaican family, but like, did anyone in the music industry around then inspire you to be, to want to, you know, progress in the music world? Or was it just from being around people like that? Of course, yeah, I mean, Birmingham's a great, great city, city. So I went to the same school as Steel Pulse, David Hines. Um, so they're a massive influence. Steel Pulse went on to do great things, still are around the world. Uh, musical youth passed the duchy on the left. <laughs> they still, their hands are bored. <laughs> Pato Banton. So I grew up with all that and then the diversity, you know, and the, uh, you know what, what UB40 stood for. Mm. Yeah. One of the biggest bands in the world that coming from Birmingham, white face band. I mean, great friends, great inspiration from all these people around me. But the great sound system culture was the real thing that made the impact in my life. We could just go, the big sound systems are set up and straight away, put the instrumental on and you're behind the mic and <laughs> you get it, you get a look forward and you say, oh. And if it wasn't for that platform, I don't think I would have ever gone to the studio. So I grew up with that, you know, on the sound systems and um, actually bought a van. I used to drive around and I'd say, yeah, get Steve, get Steve to drive my sound. I ended up taking all the sounds around everywhere and lifting boxes and going through the right rigmarole of learning the whole culture. And then eventually ended up behind the mic uh, and they wanted to make a record. So people know it wasn't just an overnight thing. That's probably you know, 10 years in the sound system world to make my own one wow. play if you want. You know? so, lots was of it, support. Was it when you're doing that sound system stuff, was it people going, do you know what? You're good. Get in a studio. You, you're good at this. Was it that? Or was it just you're like, I love this. I need to do this. I've got to go record it. I love this. I mean, it was, it was a bit of a, I mean, I mean, it's a bit of everything. I mean, there wasn't many Asian people in those reggae dances, blues parties. So I was kind of stood out. Could be a bit of novelty. I'd say I was Indian. I throw a couple of Indian lyrics, and wow, it just kind of stood out. And um, no one really tells you go in the studio, but you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of reggae sound systems around the world are linked to a label. So probably every reggae artist you've heard from Maxi Priest to Tipo Irie to all this, everyone comes from a sound system, and then eventually ends up kind of releasing. So I was kind of following that pattern, if you like. Um, but yeah, I just had my own inspiration. I was, I was working in a factory at that time and I thought, you know what, I just need to make this record. It took me about six months of forcing everyone and begging everyone. Everyone laughs at you, right, in the beginning. You want to make a record, right? Um, but there was just some passion inside me, some drive inside me to make this one record. And you know, ultimately now I know why, because there was a plan, obviously. Oh, 100%. There was a bigger plan. That's amazing. But like you said, the unique thing with your music is, you know, you mixed that reggae and banger music, which I love the name of Bangra Ragamuffin, by the way. It's the greatest <laughs> name for a genre of music I've ever heard in my life. Um, but where did you get that idea to do this? Was it just something that naturally from you, from your like background, or was it like an idea you had? Yeah, no, it was really naturally from your background. I mean, um, every day I was at home, there was a Bollywood movie on or some Hindi music playing from the radio station because my parents are from Punjab and there's a radio, there's TV there, you know. Uh, and then you step out the door, it's reggae. You know, you put the radio on, it's pop music. So you've got all these influences around you. Um, growing up with the, 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 the patwa, the Jamaican language, you've got that. Growing up with the Punjabi language, you have that. So really, what do you do when you go into a studio? Surely you're going to use all those elements that are in your head. Um, and you know, when I used to, I mean, when I used to be at home and listen to like Hindi music from the back, I used to hear a bass line from the park because we used to live opposite the park from the park. So it's already fused, right? So, we, and there's a, <laughs> so when I went in the studio, it was just really to capture that moment, just to capture, I mean, the first song was called Movie Over India because every time I went home, there's a movie on from India, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, did it, I did it on the reggae Shankai shade. So if you know reggae, everyone knows the Shankai. 
and you know, I just had my own style. I'm going to India to make a movie and a meeting and meet the budget and Ravi Shankar. So without realizing, I'm, I'm hitting the, you know, I'm hitting, you know, people right there because you know, it's the Bollywood thing was big and the and your Indian culture and you want to do something different. But a bit of ikdo thing is one, two, three, and ura. It's a bit of comedy, but it was just, you know, organic. It was natural. I didn't think about it, um, and it became, you know, like Bangalore often became this. It, it was just the first person that did anything different. The song went, those, that song went, I released it myself. Um, it wasn't about going to record label, but I released it myself in 1989. I made 500 copies of that record. And I gave it out to all the record label, I mean, all the little record shops, all the, there was no internet, there was no phone, there was no nothing, little distributor, little. <laughs> uh, wow. And literally went to number one in the Birmingham reggae charts for six weeks. And then he went to number one in all the Bangra charts. So that hadn't been done before. The same, someone told me number one in all the Asian charts and the reggae charts. And that's how it all started, really. Um, and it just created this big, wow, who's this guy? Is it? And, you know, now you can see people, you can, you know, on the internet. Then there was, there was no color behind the record. So I love music like that. There's no video. This is who I am. This is where I'm from. Just judge me on the record. So people are saying, is it a black guy? Is it Asian guy? Is it two people? Is it one person? Is someone learned someone's language? They couldn't work it out. Um, so you have to leave those factors for later. So let the, the music definitely did the work. Um, they went to number one of the national reggae charts, Jetstar charts. Um, they signed me for two more singles. Um, and the second one was Chuck Bear. The third one was Don Raja. And three of them was number one of the reggae charts, Asian charts, and then around the world. At which point I started getting offers from big record labels. Uh, I think Island Records, Barbados record labels. So. That's, That's incredible. But I mean, the, the, the contrast of the band and the record, it works deliciously well. It's yeah. just, I was listening to your album earlier. We were just, uh, I listened to uh, Bobber. What an absolute tune that is. I was just, I was just proper like, I did my research, like, yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> see, yeah, you got the beats, you got like the vocal stuff, you got, I mean, it's all yeah. there. Rhythm, you know, and you put it together, it's already, yeah, it works. So when we went to Jamaica, you know, we actually, we actually um, exchanged a lot of sounds with Sly and Robbie. And we're loving that, that tabla sound, and then, then you'll hear it, like, you know, in the, in some yeah. Of the, yeah, so it's, it's great. The music brings us together. It's, it's great to be able to fuse that. It makes a difference in, in you know, music and the genre and the communities, brings people together. I love it, everything that it represents. But yeah, we, we, it, wasn't, it wasn't a formula. It was just natural and it fitted together like you see. Uh, and, you know, look, there's a whole, people are doing it all over the world now. You know, they're playing, they're trying different things, they're mixing genres, and then it represents them where they come from. So keep it real, guys, everyone. Oh, oh, you know, it's not a formula. What is your formula? What is your thing that represents you? You know, what is real for you that you can then take on the journey? And what do you say? What do you represent? And what are those records saying? You know, I wrote, I wrote songs about some serious issues like arranged marriage and AIDS and caste and things. So mm. there was a message. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. There's always a community. There's always music brings change. So use that platform. When you go around the world and you sing, what do you say in between record? What do you say in between songs? What's the message? What, what do you represent? So... People are sometimes missing that. Um, so go, go back to that, because if God gives you the journey to go around the world with your music, it's a platform to say the right things, do the right things, and change people's lives ultimately. You are a true inspiration, sir. You really are. But when you released this music originally, what sort of feedback did you get from like the two different communities, like the Bangra community and then there's the reggae community? Was it, was it just like, what are you doing to my music? Or was it like, this is amazing. <laughs> Why has no one done this before? I mean, there wasn't, many, there wasn't much criticism because the songs were doing well, um, you know, you, but you, you're challenging. When I, when I was writing serious, you know, about arranged marriage and stuff like that, 
people were like, wow, you know, because he'd taken on some serious issues and those mm -hmm. songs went into the charts. So anytime, you, you know, you tackle these kind of things, it's always going to stand out. People questioning things, you raises the subjects again. But, you know, a lot of support, really. I mean, a lot of support from, you know, black, white, Asian people, people all over the world when I started traveling, Japan, Australia, Africa. So it's definitely struck a chord with people around the world. And, you know, it's, as I said, it's not unfamiliar, but when you put it together, it's a wow, it becomes new. Uh, and it just it just means so much to hear fresh sounds and when you go to places you know i've been to places in africa where probably you know indian people wouldn't go and i'm an indian artist on stage and then you bring them in you know I mean? because you know again you change it you're really changing venues you're changing people's concepts you're bringing people together and that's been the greatest thing for me and, and that's the biggest thing i've had and people saying you know i, I was sitting in uh, you know I, I i live in a place where you know I, there's not many Asian people and I was going to watch a movie and I saw your song on a Hollywood movie. It makes you want to, you know, we can be a part of the world, right? We can be in Hollywood and we can be in Bollywood and, you know, um, and it, shows, it, gives, it inspires people. You know, my songs have gone on eight Hollywood movies over the years. So we can do it as an Asian artist. We can do it if we work together. We can do it by just being real and authentic. And um, it means so much so getting a song like Arranged Marriage into the charts as opposed to Boom Shakalak because you're taking Bangra Sand with you. Taking the boom beat, so then it means a lot to India and Punjab. So look how much people have been touched with that with that music. And so you know, it's it's a share. I'm sharing my soul, my spirit, my prayers, everything. It couldn't be more personal. So the okay. journey has been personal. All the fans have made it special, and, and um, still to this day, we're still recording. And you know, as I said, after talking about all those things, you want to actually do something. So you ha how long can you keep singing and talking? So that's why I started the academy. And started actually doing what I'm talking about. If you have so much passion to write it down, let's go and do something about it. So I encourage people to do that. If you have a name, go and do something. It's not just about the songs. After a while, it becomes about the action. God, you're inspirational. I know, I love it. I just, it inspired me, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm coming. I'm going to go and write my own stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it though because no one wants to hear me sing. No. <laughs> so, as you said, like in '92, you got signed to Island Records, Bob Marley's record label. Absolutely insane. Did, did they approach you or was this you sending a demo to them? Yeah, I mean, I had a manager at the time. He was shopping around. Um, there was a few, I mean, the big offers at that time, but uh, London Records, Island Records, a few others. Ireland just seemed to be the home because of Bob Marley. Um, Bob Marley's my, you know, my favourite artist of all time, my biggest inspiration. So, yeah, I mean, the signed to Island Records in 1992, they loved all the work that we had done, the vibe that we had built up. And, and you know, big respect to them for going with something against the grain. You know, then it's not ultimately pop music. And they, uh, and they sent me straight to Jamaica. Do you like reggae music? I says, yeah, oh, we need to know this for sure. So first flight straight to Jamaica, Kingston, <laughs> straight, to Bob, straight to Bob Marley Studios. Bob, Bob Marley used to stand there, they used to tell me, and, and Sly and Robbie sitting in the studio, Tough Gong, and started recording and you know, changed my life, <laughs> changed my life. And, and great inspiration, great help from Jamaica, great big respect to Chris Blackwell and all the team at Island Records. Uh, phenomenal, um, to be a phenomenal experience to work with Bobby Digital, work with all the Bob Marley team, meet all the Marley family, get the blessings before the journey starts, kind of thing, you know. And so, uh, great, great experience. Came back and you know, put the album out, Maxi Pieces on the album, Frank Paul, Robert Livingston, Shaggy, and everyone. And the, you know, the, the, the songs like I talked about, Cast System Arrange, meant so much. You know, got shortlisted for Mercury Music Prize and you know, Brit Award nominations. So, it was definitely received uh, and, and made a mark in, in the industry itself. Then it wasn't just an underground thing. Now it's 
and the fans do that. You know, that's what I love about that time was people going to shops, buying records, and getting your name up there. So now we just uh, it's a little bit it's, it's all different now. The game changed. Yeah, but you paved the way. You paved the way for the people that followed behind you afterwards. Like you've, it, you know, you've set you set the bar. We're like, hey guys, you know, anyone can do this. So come join me. You know, follow my footsteps. Yeah, I mean, you need the record label, you need everything, you need the songs, but you also need the blessings from God himself. So, you know, you can't promise that to someone. So No, no. But... We, help, we help people, but you know, if it's their journey, it's their journey. And as I said, you don't know sometimes until you're waiting. Um, so it's been a blessing every day. I try to spread love every day. But yeah, people, you have to work hard. You work hard. Nothing comes easy. They try to tell you about X Factor. They try to tell you about these things. Oh. Nothing comes overnight. Nothing comes easy. Work at your craft. It's not just about singing all those musicians, all those people behind the scenes, all those producers. Um, you know, you have to up your game, you have to work so hard. All those guys that want to perform, work on the performance things, work on interview. You know, you've got to do so much now before you can go to a record label. So that's why I'm trying to share that because if I just got, if I had to go and do that now, it's, it's difficult. How do kids have the expertise, the money, the skill to make videos, photo shoots, mastering, mixes, studio time? Um, so it's tough for the kids. So there has to be a gap, there has to be a bridging gap. That's what I try to do with my academy. And I think a, a lot more can be done across the country and across the cities, across the world, if you like. I mean, every radio station, really, in every city should be playing probably 25% of, 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 of music from that city, right? Yeah, yeah. Gives yeah. Kid, completely gives, agree. Gives, gives a kid a chance, you know what I mean? So if your city's not playing it, why should somebody else play? Champion your own city, play a bit of old and new, but definitely don't leave out your city because the game changed. So what did we do to counteract the change? Yeah. You know I mean, if you're so passionate about music, what did we do? We've lost Top of the Pops. We've lost some of these programs. Where can you perform on, you know, on TV? If you're an Asian artist, there's all these Asian channels that have, you can't perform on any of them. There's not one live slot in this year, 2000. So there's a lot to be done. We've moved on a lot, but there's a lot to be done. So I'm an achiever and I see a gap there. Where I've just got, I mean, I do everything for what I, I volunteer my time for the last eight years to help young people get on that ladder. And people got signed. I got contacts for, you know, from Hollywood to Bollywood for 30 years. What are you doing with those contacts, people? Uh, and share them uh, and I'll try to help somebody else. I love that. God, incredible. Do you think, do you think oh. that social media has had like a massive negative impact on it, though? Social media now probably doesn't help the music yeah, industry I mean, whatsoever. Yeah, social media just came, it came without a law. So it's crippled the music business. So much things have happened in that cyber space. You probably have, and then they're trying to make a law. Oh, we should block this and we should, do. but surely you should have a law. You should have worked it out already uh, before the music business went down, before people had, um, you know, you can take everything free. Every, you know, we used to earn a lot of money from record sales. Now it's next to nothing. Yeah. So why would a musician want, yeah, as a product, why would you spend all, that couple of grand on a record if people are taking it for nothing? It doesn't make any sense business-wise. So it just becomes tougher. But that, that passion is still there for the artist to want to be just the game. So, so how do you help him? So I, I just, you know, I'm really, really passionate about the music business. I'm really passionate about the things I, I, I said and have said. And I try to put it in action, try to change people's lives. And, and more people should do that, especially those people who have a name. Because that's what music is about. You're spreading a message. Radio is about saying things in the community to upliftment, energy. So now the internet's come. Where are people? What are people listening to? Where, where, is, the, where is the head? Who's helping who? Markets become very saturated. How do we find that star? So a lot of a lot of questions I have to answer for people, and it's tough. It's tough, but hey, you know we 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 have to we have to work with it and make it work somehow. Um, and hopefully we get more and more support. But it shouldn't take you know all these cyber 
abuse and por porn, pornography and all these things, all these things are, all these things are going on sale. You may see the effects of that in 10 years time. So the kids are growing up with a lot of mental, I mean, if, if a girl posts a picture, for example, of herself and she doesn't get many likes, she's not feeling good about herself. Yeah. So just these little things, you know, and then she, why am I getting so much like, so this makes a difference to people. So who's dealing with that? It's still, it's still all new. So um, we have to pick up a lot of the pieces, but yeah, the music business changed in a big way. So the world changed, especially over the last year. So yeah. we have to change, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I thought you were keep motivating me to want to go do stuff. <laughs> but I, I suppose we better talk about the song. You know, in 1993, you released Boom Shakalak. And right. this song was huge. Like, number five in the UK charts, music video won awards, used in TVs and movies, like you said. What was it about this song that made it such a hit, do you think? Um, it's a good question, yeah. I mean, at that time, um, a lot of stuff that came from Jamaica was that 60s kind of reggae thing, right? So, or Carolina. So the whole groove changed. And then you had Tease Me, Tease Me, and you had Twist and Shout and uh, Compliments. So you had this vibe. And when you have a vibe, everyone jumps on that vibe and does their little thing on it. So my take on that was Boom Shakalak. The difference with Boom Shakalak and all those songs was the Boom Shakalak was an original song. All those were covers, so I got no respect for that. So you're writing, trying to go and write out a, a new song. Um, so yeah, the inspiration came from all those songs. Um, it, it was Sun Was Shine, it was summer 1993. We, we did the beat very quickly, we wrote the song very quickly. You, you can't think of those lyrics too much, the wine your body and your ring. <laughs> It just came together very, very quickly. And, and, the, and the funny story about it is we actually took it to the record label and they didn't like it. Really? They said, yeah, they didn't like it. They said, yeah, they said, yeah, we can see, yeah. But they said, it's very different to your stuff. I mean, actually respect to them because they didn't want to go off the, you know, the, all the I wasn't a pop artist, if you like. The range marriage was more of a success trying to get in the charts. Of the, the, so I, I mean, I didn't, I thought, you know what, these guys know what they're doing. Let them do what they have to do. And um, they put it out as a B-side. They put it out as a B-side to a song called AIDS Warning. Great song about AIDS. And they put it on the B-side and actually sent it out to Radio Vinyl. And Radio 1 span it over, played the B-side, and they put it straight on the A-list. Uh, and wow. then the record label rang me. I think, we should, I think you're right. I think we should release this as a single. <laughs> <laughs> and I had, because the song had come out on the B-side, I could perform it. So I was actually in India doing, some, doing a tour in India. And... Um, I came back with all this, I performed it in India, 50,000 people, 100,000 people. And they came back and they said, yeah, we want to make a video, we have to do it quickly. So if you look at the video, it's all the footage from India. So it makes it look even bigger. So you've got all these crowds from India and they've got these girls in the studio and they'll and they put it together. So yeah, I mean, it came together. We're very proud of that song. I mean, in the end, of course, they loved it. Um, a lot of success with that song. We went to number one in a lot of countries around the world. Probably 200 TV commercials, eight Hollywood movies. When he went on Dumb, Dumb and Dumber 1, was massive, um, Jim Carrey, everyone. I mean, when they start me to say, yeah, they wouldn't even say Apache near a boom shakalak, they'll say, dumb and dumber. <laughs> so, so that became my name for about 12 months. <laughs> and funny enough, uh, 20 years later, they actually called us back and it's in dumb and dumber too. So, um, you know, it, it made a mark in the movie as well. So I mean, great to be in Hollywood as an Asian artist from hands with them, great to be in Bollywood, but Hollywood uh, inspiring to me. Um, Scooby-Doo 2, um, Monsters Unleashed, and a few other movies. 
Um, so yeah, uh, it took me around the world again on a different level. So when you're you know, the top 10 in the world, so it makes a difference rather than being you know, top 20, it makes a huge difference being top five and number one. So yeah, a lot of people know that song. Um, there's been a lot of compilations. It got a lot of respect when I, when I performed it in Japan, all the reggae songs brushes and from all the reggae artists. So, um, and it's one of those songs that everyone loves. It's not either Bangra song or reggae, everyone just loves it. So um, it crossed over. And, and, but it meant so much to you know, us as a, as a you know, the personal journey. Took it all the way to Hollywood. Wow, thank you, God. Brilliant, Hollywood to Bollywood, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> but why did, not? Why not? Did you guys? expect it to do as well as it did? Not really, no, I, I, absolutely not. It was just a vibe again. We did it quickly. Um, we just don't know with the records, I mean, if they get played, they get played. But it was just my take on it all. Um, and um, as I said, they released it as a B side, didn't bother me. But hey, you know, it, as I said, there was a different plan for that record. And what that record actually did was some people only knew me for that record. Oh, boom, shakalak. And what it got them was into my world. And when they got into my world, they'd hear more of the serious stuff. So they get a balance. Because music, you know, to me is a reflection of all emotions, whether you're sad, angry, happy. We like to be happy. We like to be conscious. We like to have a, you know, a, a say. We like to be political. Um, so, um, but yeah, Boom Shakalak did so, 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 you know, got me a lot more fans into my world and, 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 and it made a difference to the fans that we had because they're on a journey. And look where you took the journey. Look where you took it. So it made them all feel very, very proud too. Um, this might be a bit of an odd one, but to actually sing reggae is there a certain way like because it's there's because you got to have that accent in there as well haven't you so like is yeah, there a... yeah i mean there's no, there's no way i mean i mean i just grew up with the accent i grew up with the accent i grew up with the language um so it's not just to say that i said it's not just about saying the odd respect or what yeah. i'm you have to be fluent in that language uh, and and so for me to i mean i could speak in that language if i was in jamaica but you know people don't look at it as a language but yet, you know, we grew up with the whole language you have to understand and you have to be able to speak. And, and I, so I literally have to go into the house and speak in Patwa, or then you can be speaking in Punjabi. I'm very proud of my own language. But some people look at that as you're trying to be black or you're trying to do it. They don't understand where you're coming from. I, I'll answer any question, but I have to reflect on, you know, who I am, where I am, mm. just be honest to myself. If, if my parents moved to, not to Hansworth in Birmingham, they moved to Paris and France, um, and I spoke in French, everyone say, well done. They wouldn't say you're trying to be French, would they? They would say, no. well done, you can speak <laughs> French. So just one of these things, you're always answering the question of who you are, where you come from. But as I said, it's a very personal, simple, you know, who I am journey and probably couldn't have been any different. Um, so now when people are growing up around, they can identify, actually, it's real. Otherwise, you wouldn't be accepted and, you know, you wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't be doing it for so long. Um, it's, not, it's not a little gimmick thing. It's not just trying to, you know, I grew up with language, I grew up with culture, I grew, grew, grew up and I want to be a part of this multi-culture. I want yeah. to be a part of you know, this, it's almost a new culture that we, 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 we built and a new religion even. I go into religion, one God, because you know, even religion divides us, now it comes to religions we have around us. Music brings us all together and there's one God and we, and we live together, we work together, there's one message. So, um, you know, I learned that from Hinduism, my parents, you know, uh, Hindu background, the dreadlocks, even the dreadlocks come from India. The earliest images of ever saw the dreadlocks with the Shiva from India. So it doesn't, okay. just come from, it doesn't even just come from Rasta. So if you talk to Rasta, they will tell you the, the roots of earliest images came from India. So a lot of the people moved from India back in the day, end of the 18th century. So you know, some of them sadhus with the dreadlocks. So you'll see influences and things in the Rastafari and reggae uh, and Jamaican culture from India and Hinduism. 
Wow. I guess not really cool. Neither yeah. did I. Yeah. You, you could actually research that. Uh, and, you know, like, you know, curry goat, curry goat, you know, it's curry. And you have certain words that you pick up. And rasta, rasta. Rasta means the way of life, the way, a road, rasta. So there's certain mm -hmm. words. And, you know, I learned it from Jamaica and from Africa. So if you study all those people that have been listening, you can study the influence of, of Hinduism on Rastafari. So, so there's a depth to it. There's a depth to it. And I try to put that in my songs. One of my favorite songs is a song called Om Namah Shabai, where you'll see Sadhus and Hindu, my favorite song I've ever written. Hindu prayer, reggae. So there's a lot to understand about our culture now, but you have to sometimes trace it back and see the difference of migration, immigration, how it made a difference, the languages, diversity, culture, religion influence is still going on today but remember where it came from so it's not just simple and we try to reflect that in music they really need to teach it in schools i think they need to really teach it in schools Pardon? they need to teach it in schools i think they need to teach yeah more there's black history music. asian history they need to teach yeah. so much more about in school now yeah there's a there's a so there's more there's more things that link us than divide us and we need to find those things that's what my academy is based on because now the communities are so diverse people from mm. eastern europe people from everywhere how do you bring them together? It's music, it's sport. Uh, unless you do that, there's tension on the street. There's more gangs, there's more segregation. Not, not, not. So I'm just trying to bring in what we learned back in the day, the, the youth clubs, the working together, the community. And soon we may lose that. Uh, there's a breakdown in the community. You see a lot of knife crime and gun crime on the increase, a lot of drugs. Drugs issues haven't been dealt with. Um, so you know, other countries have dealt with the, you know, the, the weed, the herbs. Um, separated from the coke and the crack and the serious a, class A drugs. We haven't even gone there. So every little kid on the street's a dealer. If there's a dealer, then he knows something's going to get mixed in something he wants to carry a life. And someone bigger than him is going to have a gun. So we deal with these kind of things and the ages are getting younger. So as I said, if you have a voice and you have a name and you have the passion and you, and, you, know, you, you sing about change, then it's the time to stand up and be counted. Trust me. So... so You've written about various topics over your career, from songs like Boom Shakalala, which I talked, but also serious topics like arranged marriage, like you mentioned earlier. Where do you find the inspiration for these songs or decide what you want to write about? Is it life experiences or is it just like, I want to write a song about this. This means a lot to me. I, you know, I think the world needs to know more about this. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of, it's a bit of all those things. Good question. I mean, my first album was a reflection of all the things I grew up with. They say that your first album is a reflection of your whole life up to then. Um, so yeah, I grew up with arranged marriage and my brother had arranged marriage, whatever, I grew up with that. Uh, I had a view, I had an opinion. I just wanted to write it down. Sometimes I just write it down, it's not even to share it, you just want to get it off. I've got something to say, I've got something to say. I love writing, I always love writing at school. Um, sometimes something that's current with reggae and rag ragamuffin things, something just happened now. So you want to sing about it there and then it's not something that happened a while ago. So arranged marriage is a general subject. You can sing anything about but that reggae thing, you're almost like a, you're like a news reporter. Something happened on the street last night and something, something, and, you know, something so you're addressing current issues. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm very passionate about politics. So we wrote a song about elections when I was with the Academy election crisis, got a lot of media attention. So um, things I'm passionate about, um, sometimes just the space that you're in. Um, sometimes, you know, I've, I've written an album where it's not in a good space and it's come out to be a good album because you know, things are going on in your life and you want to, you know, as a, get it off your chest. And then you're sharing that with somebody else another day and saying, oh, see, he must have gone through that. Um, so, yeah, mixed emotions, reflecting of life. Life, it, a lot, life itself inspires every song. 
could be a sunny day, the day changes, you know what I mean? So it could be anything. So it could be a trip abroad, a lot of, a lot of, the, the second album was more of a reflection of travels around the world. By the time my, my eyes opened up to India and the poverty, I wrote a song about, in um, I said to my own charity there called Apache Human Foundation, so I wrote a song for them. I wrote a song for the National Association of the Blind, which is still making money for them. So I'm always trying to use these that I'm, you know, people won't even know about the work I'm doing around the world, Canada, America, bits and pieces. So yeah, you get it. So the second album was a reflection of the travels. By the, by the time you get to the third album, you want to be a bit more experimental. Let's try and just go crazy. So there's a journey with the album. Uh, album. So people have to allow artists to do that. Um, but to keep current, I mean, I've released like 20 songs in just the last year to keep current and still getting fans and new fans, the whole world change and retaining old fans. It's great. That's a great position to be. Um, you know, new fans that probably heard your songs when they were one and two, and now they're 18 and 20 and say, wow, I've been listening to you. And, that, you know, and, now, <laughs> and now they're you know, standing in front of me at a gig with their dad and their mom. And their, you know, so brilliant how it's gone, you know, across genres, across cultures, across generations. Absolutely great. It's amazing. Did you ever think that your career would span this long at all? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, so I work hard. You know what I mean? I really, really work hard. That's why I say to people, don't just get, it's not about getting there. It's about keep, keeping the momentum going, keep working hard. doesn't matter what profession you're in. So I work hard. Um, all the hours under some people say I'm a workaholic. I'm not. I've raised the family. Um, I really work hard at my craft. Um, you know, with songs, you can write 10 songs and choose one. And with the music business, you can have 10 calls for offers for gigs, but one comes through. So you have to keep working it. Um, so guys, never give up, never give up with your passion. Keep working together. I like to work with people, I like to connect the dots. That's what it's all about. Um, but yeah, I never thought it was going to span so long. But as I said, over the years, I've, I've turned it into the academy. The people that don't know about the academy, I set them all on academy um, eight years ago at the college. Um, one day a week, I said, let me just ch change my whole life around. this one day as a tour and come back around the world and upset everybody and come back to this day. Eight years later, We've um, won the National Diversity Award. We've got kids back into, into jobs, apprenticeships, writing references. Just that personal touch. Um, I never applied for any funding. We just did it like Robin Hood, you know, get sponsors and get people to say, listen, can you help us? You know I mean? People have given us things. that made a difference in the community. I have AIM Academies now in Holland. So all the places. Well, so the idea was to set it up around the world just to help young people and bring them together. And then this year started off with an honour from the Queen of England. So I don't know whether you guys know that. So honours from the Queen of England, um, British Empire Medal. For, oh, uh, yeah. For the so for, for, it says three things, actually. It says for 30 years in the music business, obviously, you're waving the British flag when you're going out there, right? People ask you where you're from. You know, it's always, it's always been so. Second thing was to starting a new genre. Actually said to start a new genre in, in music. Wow, that's and amazing. Third, and the third thing was um, the, the academy. So, you know, wow. Queen of England, right? So we, that award comes straight back to the academy, comes straight back, you know, to to grassroots um, to inspire more people. So what a journey, and to be blessed at the start of this year in the lockdown. So we're waiting to go to Buckingham Palace, guys. Uh, it means a lot. Um, the calls I've had from around the world, um, what it means around the world as well, starting a new genre, helping young people, um, and you know how the, how our kids feel in the academy after that. Um, so it's all about that inspiring and keep achieving and keep giving back and keep growing the team and around you. It's hard. It's tough because, you know, the world's going like every man for himself. It doesn't have to be mm. like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Massive congratulations, man. That is huge. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely huge. Fair play to you. You're an icon, sir. 
Big up, man. God bless. <laughs> Thank you to everybody. Thank you to the United States. Not me alone. There's a team behind me. There's guys out there and everybody. You guys, everyone, you know, matters. Um, so thank you to everyone. You know, that it's shared by the world, shared by all the fans. Um, and there's more to do yet. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Big up, big up. It's not just me. Team I effort. I can't be the only one that loves the idea of the Queen sat in... Like her living room, just listening to Boom Shakalak just dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Find your body. <laughs> but the the main reason I emailed you originally was because of the academy, because like I knew I knew your music and but I was reading about the academy and my respect for you just went woof, straight through the roof. Absolutely incredible work that you do. But but what is it exactly you do with the academy? For people that don't know. So what we do with the academy, it's an open door. Um, we used to do it one day a week. So every Wednesday um, from nine o'clock till nine o'clock in the evening, the door would be open. The college actually gets the old fire station in Handsworth, um, which is attached to the college. So the door would be open for anyone to walk in. I mean, ma- main, main target was 16 to 23, just like a youth club. No fee, no entrance, just come in. You ask for their respect and their manners. Uh, and then they come in and, you know, there's a studio facility. You ask them what they want to do, and you know some of them just want to hang out and just you know just with their friends. Some of them want to have a game of pool. They're out. They're off the streets, and that's the first first thing. They're off the streets, got their attention, um, and then the musicians want to go in the studio. So you coach them, you mentor them. So you know some, as I said, three kids have been signed from the academy. Amazing, two of them to, them to American labels, and because they've got all these contacts, so it's just like a boot camp for the musicians. Um, we've done events up and down the country all my festivals that I did in, over the years, I've just called them along with me and some of them have never left Birmingham. So just a life experience to be out in the community. Then councillors started walking in, the police started walking in, and it became a real hub um, for, the community, for, the, for the community. And, you know, we had even homeless people walking in. So it was just a way to bring everyone together under, you know, patching in under the music, under using my name. And it worked, you know, uh, no pressure for the kids. Um, whatever they want to do, um, some of the mothers would bring their kids and sit there as well, watch the kids, you know, play and dance and sing oh. while the mothers would sit and speak. So it became, you know, all ages of anyone across, across you know, and we, everyone just helping each other. And it's just funny because we had lots of visitors and lots of the radio stations and TVs and everything. Uh, it's just funny because people leave and say, wow, this place is special. It's like a temple. It's like everyone's so nice. So we just have this thing that you have to be nice. We don't swear, we don't you know, curse, we don't, you know, there's, it's just the way you'd want the world to be for that day. No bullying, everyone just get on. And, um, and that's what it was. It was like a pleasant, great day for everyone, regardless of whatever you may have done in your life. And then I had the support from the college. So if you wanted you know, more help, and we work a lot of charities across the country. And then what the charity, what, what the AIM Academy does is that we work with three charities. So one is um, Diabetes UK, one is a local charity that um, helps young people with disabilities, uh, and the other one is um, homeless charity for young people, St. Basil's. So I'm saying that here's a model that I set up that doesn't cost any money. It just takes a bit of time. You're using the facilities that you've got already that we pay as taxpayers, i.e. colleges up and down the country, schools which are empty after six o'clock and empty. So I just went with this idea that just let me just use what we've got. I'm not asking for any, anything from anyone. Instead of thinking about what we can have, let's think about what we've got and let's start there. And that's what I did. And, and then I helped got people. Somebody gives me 3,000 bottles of water every year. Somebody gives me this. Somebody bought a pool table. And bang, you've got a model. Uh, we've had um, 
the Lord is it, is it John, what's his name? Um, the mayor of Birmingham. I can't um, remember his name. <laughs> name is, uh, anyway, he came to me, he goes, Apache, how did you do that? Give me that model. How do you do that? Let's do it in other colleges around the city, getting the kids off the street. And then after doing that for eight years, which is still doing now, I actually got employed by the college to run courses that are very similar to that. Getting you know, courses called Ignite My Career, just getting kids off the streets. 10-week courses, we involves music, sport, whatever it may be, just to get them, you know, out to that little crack, out to that little... So I think that's what's missing in the community. Um, so that's what I want to do. I want to use my name. I want to do, you know, even my experience as a father. I've been a father since 18 years old. I've raised three children. So every child I treat like my own. So, um, you know, hundreds of kids have passed through. Some are still there from the you know, from first day running the academy. We've got jobs for people. Just treat them... That everyone is an individual. Everyone's got skills and everyone's got a place in this world. Help them find it. That's what they kind of is. Wow. Just, Just incredible. Mind is blown. So how did you get over to Holland then? How did you get academies into Holland? Yeah, because I've been going to Holland for, for many years, like many other countries. There's certain parts of the world which are special. I've got team, I've got facilities. And Holland was one of those places. Um, so we set it up there. Uh, we have studios. We have same. We advertise it as a academy. We set it up properly, registered it. My team runs it. So I go back and forth. Some of the kids have been from Holland to England and Amazing. vice versa. Didn't they, I mean, it's not rocket science. It's like the old youth. Program. Remember, we used to have exchange programs back in the day. Yes. Some are from France or something. It's all stopped because of cuts and this and that. We can make it work somehow. <laughs> we can make it work somehow. So I've just been doing a, you know, a little model like that where it works. It doesn't cost anything. In fact, it gives back to the community. It gives back and it actually helps the community. So if we're working with the police, if we're working with all the counsellors, you know, how can that be wrong? We're working with education. We're in a place of education. So yeah, we do festivals. We do open mic. On Saha Road, we have 20,000 people. We do the Diwali Festival, open mic, different, you know, everyone, different languages, you know. <laughs> From, from you know from Denmark to uh, um, yeah, Africa, different French to this. That. I'm thinking, wow. So it doesn't matter about the languages and thing. It's just bringing people together. That then when they see each yeah. other on the street, they can, they can say hi. And it's as simple as that. So really using all the things, all the passion, but all the things we already had, and bringing it back to make a difference um, without needing our resources. So politicians need to listen. One day I'll be the prime minister of this country. Who got the yes, yes, <laughs> got my vote already. That's There's it. things to do. There's things to do, guys. What I love about that as well is, it's not just what you do. It's the way you just sold it. Like we were talking about your music career, and you're like, you're obviously proud of what you've done. But then we're talking about the academy. Um, you could see it on your face. You're beaming. Your voice is like, it's like this is what I live for. You're so passionate about it, and that. That is inspirational in itself, just how passionate you are about this. Thank you, thank you. I mean, just a, it's just a journey of the music. Like I said, if you're going to be so passionate about singing about change, when are you going to actually do that? So a lot of people talk about things, but when do you actually, if you're in a position to actually, you know, you don't have to be the Gandhi of the world, but you can try to change your own community. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can try to change someone. And I certainly, I certainly know that we've, you know, how people get up the ladder and change their lives and work people every day. It doesn't take much of my time and all of it's been voluntary. I can still do my bits and pieces, but it comes a time where you have to say thank you to the city that gave you so much as well. You know what I mean? And, and, and try to give back. And I think if more people have done, I said more radio stations will play more music, it will make a difference to the cities. It will make, you know, it will give a confidence to the city, make it personal. We don't celebrate music in Birmingham. You can't go anywhere and see people say UB40 and Steel Pulse and whoever and the Bangor and the rock legacy that we've had from the, where is it? 
Where, where do you celebrate all the sports people? Where is it? Where can a kid look up and say, wow, I, oh, oh, I came from my town. Oh, I wish I could. And so straight away it becomes, so we need to, you know, uh, invest in heritage. We need to bring it up to, we need to inspire a generation. But, but, but there's a way through. You can't, it's not all doom and gloom. There's a way through if we work together. There's a way through. Otherwise, the kid's left on his own. And you can't blame him when he's, when he's roaming around doing the wrong things. Because there's no help, there's no youth clubs, there's no way you can walk in, there's nothing, there's not. So I believe there's an answer. I believe that a lot of people talk about everything else except for the real issues on the streets. Um, and the politicians and councillors, all of them, all of them have a lot of work to do. Radio have a lot of work to do. TV have a lot of work to do. Um, sport has a lot of work to do. Why doesn't, why doesn't, you know, why don't we have any Asian footballers in the leagues anyway? People are complaining about that. That's a pretty good point, actually. I don't, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that have been questioned, and I've seen, you know, big leagues with the Asian, and they say, why don't we have that one player? Because he'll be inspiring to many, 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 many more. But we just can't get one in the league. So then people start talking about racism, they start talking about this, and they think, oh. And then we go around in circles, but someone gives somebody a chance, because it makes a difference to a generation. Didn't Apache Indian being a chance made a difference to a lot of kids to say, yeah, you could do that, of course. Look, you take your language, you take your thing, you'd be really good. Look, he took it to Hollywood, he's taking it to the Queen. So of course that's going to be inspiring. So, you know, we need we need people in, in the right positions to make some different decisions now. The world changed. But too much of these false leaders, maybe a leader needs to come from the streets. Everyone's too scared to say things. Everyone's politically correct. Everybody, even yeah. the school teachers, that they don't want to say this and they can't say this. And so we really need to have a look. And I believe in support, supporting your own country. We need to support England more. I mean, they support the young footballers. Every every football in every league is from a different country. <laughs> there should be a there should be a balance. <laughs> Whoever's got the most money is winning the league, right? Because they buy all the expensive players. To be in the England team, yeah, you have to be English, yeah. You have to be from England. Yeah. But the manager can be from Germany. The manager can be from Germany. Isn't that a part of the team? Yeah, that makes. Yes, yeah, that's, that's I'd never thought about that at all. So we can, you know, we can. We need to relook really at a lot of things. We need to support our own country. Uh, you know, uh, Look what's happening in the lockdown when you support, you know, I, I even go to the farmers and think there should be, I don't know, there should be a policy, policy to support your own country. Watch that grow, watch the communities grow, watch everything grow. Um, it seems to be more corporate, rich getting richer, the poor getting poorer. A lot of people yeah. are below the poverty line. A lot of jobs have been lost. A lot of now even businessmen, the people who had businesses are feeling that, you know, it's, 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 there's no real help. Because the Corona thing has been... Uh, a grey area really for politicians. They don't re didn't really know what they were doing. Nope. So so it became we became the guinea pigs. Still to this day, should we take this and should we take that and we shouldn't take the vaccine and it was wrong and it was, you know, I'm now getting asked which injection did you have, and you know people oh you can't come here because that so it's all gone wrong. It's affected the world. So we really if you're not taking a stop now to think about things and how you can make a difference or I don't know we do just carry on. Uh, or do we actually stand forward and say, someone say something different, someone say something inspiring? And so, you know, I just believe I'm never going to be comfortable. I think that people get too comfortable. There's things to do. And sometimes the answer is right there in front of you. It's not a dollar amount always. It's about working together to find solutions. Absolutely. And I think this is a lot when Boris Johnson spends £100,000 on art for number 10. Like, what the yeah. hell is that all about? Yeah, and there's another thing right now that was on about um, the last prime minister had spent made ten million pounds in some deal. 
right? And, and, and no one's going to be questioned about these things. They've moved on. But in between, they can say we made a mistake, but we have to pick up the pieces. Yeah. So we've been, we've been through recessions because of mistakes. They can't have a war and say, oh, it was a mistake. We shouldn't have. We should have. They've still got jobs. People got left without homes, without yeah. families broken down, everything lost. So who's, who's almost supposed to, when you make a mistake, you're supposed to compensate people, right? Did people yeah. get any money back? Did people say, for that mistake, I got my home back? No. They're left for... So there's a, there's a lot that we don't speak about. We speak about all the good things. There's a lot that's going on that's happened where people are suffering. They don't have the voice anymore. They don't have the support. Unity is strength. And without the unity, there's no strength. Everyone just suffering in silence. And I think people would have a lot more respect for these people if they turned around and went, we messed up. Yeah. Let, let's we work together. Up. Let's fix I'm it. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. So you, you can't be in those big positions and then, oh, yeah, we can lose a job. That doesn't help the situation. It doesn't solve the situation if you resign. So, yeah, lots of politics going on all over the place and it doesn't help the local person on the street. Um, so the world is changing. There's a lot more things to be done. No one's hitting the button. No one's you know, touching the core thing. So we're doing that with young people. We're talking about mental health. We're talking about anxiety. We're talking about lack of jobs, lack of homes. We're talking about the drugs issues, the knife crime, the gun crime. People only talk about those issues when they're in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the news, right? Or in the paper. Those issues go on all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. Those things go on all the time. Maybe not reported, but there's a lot of things that the young people that shouldn't have been on you know, the serious drugs that have gone down that route. The doors have been closed everywhere they turn. Domestic problems, financial problems. Um, so sometimes there's no way out. We've had lots of suicide. We've had lots of problems over the over the years with young men as well so i encourage young men to speak so there's so much you know my course that i teach is about everything you know the 10-week course guys get on my course it's called ignite my career 20 19 to 23 i'll pay for you to come there or look after your meals i will change your life in 10 weeks some music some sport if you write your cv you make we'll make it let's use the the let's use all this help for you to change your life around it's near 10 weeks i promise you i do it personally so those are the kind of things that we do using the college, using the education system, using my name, using the facilities and changing your life around. Because then your, your life will be changed around and many more to, to change the communities. Otherwise, where are we going to be in 10, 15 years time? Where do you well, think? The divide are, we getting, are, we, are we going the right direction or are we going backwards? You know what I mean? So I don't know. All I know from this is next time there's a, we have to vote. I'm just getting my pen. I'm drawing an extra box at the bottom. I'm just writing Apache Indian and ticking that one. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you see, you see, even, even with Brexit, everyone is told to vote for Brexit and they didn't know what Brexit was. You didn't, no one found out about Brexit till three years in when actually Brexit was happening, right? So how can you vote for, how could you vote for it? Shouldn't you have then maybe, shouldn't you have said it's coming up in three years time? Let's educate this country. Let's put it in the curriculum. Let's just tell everyone what this means. That's why it's all divided, because we have to be told what we're voting, but we have to be informed. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't think they even knew. So no one knew. So politicians never knew. So what, what are we voting for? Why do we make <laughs> such a big problem? Now, now, now it's a problem in Europe. I go to Europe a lot now. God knows. So maybe that's another mistake. Can't rectify that one too quickly. No. Now HS2, you know, they keep talking about stopping HS2 and it was, it was, it was out by another hundred million pounds or whatever. So, <laughs> so thinking of, no, let's not carry on with it. So it's disaffecting lives, disaffecting everything. So 
anyway, I can go on and on. You know what I mean? I'm just saying this. <laughs> music, music it reflects life. So everything I talk about is relevant to the music. So guys, you know, if you feel passionate about something, sing about it. It goes to more people. If you're on stage, talk about it. Don't just to make it about the, you know, about yourself or, or, or you know, just being popular or famous. You're there, you have a name, you have a platform, use it, make a difference. And I certainly will challenge, you know, anything that I feel passionate about, whether it's a small issue, whether it's a national, international issue, I always talk about it. Gone are the days where you have to sit on the fence. Gone are the days of being politically correct. Say what you got to say. You only have one life to live. The world is changing. It's changed already. What are you waiting for? So I'll certainly use my name to inspire, be inspired, change people's lives. My life's been changed through all the work that I've done with other people. Continue to be educated, continue to be inspired, continue to give back, continue to make music. And God has continued to take me around the world. So a lot more to do. So you haven't heard this last thing. I haven't retired yet. Yeah, so, so you haven't Good. heard the last of me yet. So lots more coming. Good. But definitely music is a movement, movement for change. And all these platforms, so thank you very much, guys, for your time. You know what I mean? Because it's important. What do you want me to say? I can't just come and say, you know what, thank you very much. And music is great. I'm going to say something. Inspired. I want someone to listen to this and be inspired. Someone to listen to this and get in touch. If you're a young person out there in whatever country you're in, get in touch. AIM Academy, AIM Music Academy, Instagram. I will help you. I know I can help you. You just have to reach out. We've just done a collaboration with a girl from the streets of Bombay. She got in touch with us in the academy. Can you help me? I, I got her in the studio in Bombay, sent her a beat from London. She sent it over. I put my own voice on it, and we just released it. You know what that means to that girl? Incredible. That just... MC Lit. Have a look on my Instagram now. Her life's just changed. I haven't even met her, but two moves, two contacts, boom, boom, boom. And she's only 23, 24 from the streets. Uh, and it's changed her life, giving her inspiration. The song, the song that she sang was about changes for but life changes. What, how, can, how can I change from the position I'm in? And how, no one's helping me. Your name is no use to me unless you're helping me. So kids are crying out for a voice. They're crying out for a platform. I certainly will help them. So if you're a young person out there, get in touch. And if you're a musician out there, get in touch. Apache Indian HQ, Instagram, you get in touch. If we can't help you, somebody in my team can help you. And together we grow. And that becomes then a movement. So music movement for change. It's you come with your manners, you come with your respect, and we go far. Driving that way. Oh, dude. You, sir, are just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful human being. I can see oh. why you won so many Lifetime Achievement Awards now. <laughs> I, I feel like we've barely touched on, your, on the surface of your career during this. But, you know, I see on your Instagram, you have, like, new songs with just your own collaborations that are coming out all the time. Are, are there any like that you're particularly proud of that you really want people to go like seek out and listen to? Is there anything projects you've been working on recently you want people to definitely go listen to? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I released a lot of stuff over the lockdown. Um, there's an album that put out last year, November called What's Not to Love. A bit of the banger, a bit of the ragga, a bit of everything I had time to do. It's an indie, some, uh, uh, rappers from Toronto, some London, UK. But I mean, people actually said it was a masterpiece. It was one of my best albums, if not um, compared to my first album. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it was just the way it was. Um, I love that album. I absolutely love that album. Please, guys, listen to that album. And then I said to my own record label over the lockdown called Karma Sound. Karma Sound, I have it on my own sound system, Karma Sound. Um, straight away, I did a big collaboration with um, Yanni Bolo, Yanni Bolo, big legendary reggae artist from Kingston, Jamaica. Um, a song called Oh, see, I'm songs I remember. Um, 
no mash it up. And all the things that were going on around the world, it was like, you know, it's a beautiful world, please don't mash it up. Um, so big up um, Yami Bolo, listen to that song. Um, it was all about songs, we couldn't make much videos, so we just went back this season, seemed to just going back to making songs and putting them out. Um, and, you know, without, you know, big campaigns, just get the songs out. Um, and just reflect and there's a lot of things going on around the world so we said yeah no matter the world and it addresses a lot of things from going to crime to international things and then um, I did a song with Tipper Irie can you see me guys oh, oh there yeah we go. there, there you are <laughs> yeah so, a song with Tipper Irie called Hot Stuff Tipper Irie is a legend from London Saxon Sand so I sent him a song um, he voiced it, great, great song, look out for that. But yeah, support the song, support the movement, the label. The label opened up, as I said, to I released a song with MC Lit from Bombay. So it's another platform that can offer everyone. Um, I've just released two songs, just Friday Gone. Um, one with a London artist called Paul Fox, and one with um, a DJ, so a reggae, and then a Bangla song with a DJ APS from Toronto. So I'm, I'm having fun with the music, with lots of little messages in there. Um, I mean, you know, I'm just going for some, I mean, as I said, there's no gigs, so we just record. I encourage everyone to keep recording music. We're still spending a lot of time with the Academy. UK's opened up now, so we're going to try to get the Academy back open and um, try to get the ball rolling with the music um, and touring, because, you know, spreading that word across the world was where I left it. Setting up Academies, next one is going to be in India, next one is going to be in Philadelphia, where I spent a lot of time. Um, so look out for that coming to your city, look out for tours, um, look out for music. And as I said, reach out. Uh, you know, I learned in the music business from very early. If you don't ask the question, you won't get an answer. So, you know, I had Maxi Priest on my first album singing with Punjabi, and that was in 1992. If I didn't ask him, Maxi, would you do it? You know, I would never know. So ask the question, Apache, would you love to, you know, would you jump on this track? Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Radio DJs have a big responsibility. Try to represent, you know, your, your community. You could try to big up someone from your city, you know what I mean? Um, there's, there's so much to do, otherwise everything becomes just the same. Every DJ is the same, every radio is the same, everything is the same. Make it personal. What do you have to say and share with the world? You know what I mean? So I have a lot of things to say on the music. Listen out for the music. There's a lot of things in the music. Sometimes people listen to Rage Marriage and have told me 10 years later, I'll, I'll be listening to it, I've been enjoying it, but now I know what it means. <laughs> So there's hidden lines here and there. And I feel the same. You know, sometimes I listen to Bob Marley and listen to it 10 years later. There's a different perspective on what he was trying to say. So my music has those clever little in-depth little messages. So uh, listen out for a song called Om Namah Shivai, a very, very special song. And now what I'm doing around the world, I've been offered not just to do gigs, but to do speeches and to do seminars because of the British Empire Medal and what it represents and how we can help communities maybe in Toronto, uh, Vancouver. We're just about to go to Canada. Um, so where it starts off with a, you know, me speaking for an hour, then questions and answers for an hour. And there may be a gig to end the day at the end of the day. We're talking to the community, how we can inspire each other, how we can learn from them and bring it back here and how we can take ideas there. So I'm all about that. Um, and, um, and using the platform like I am today. So all those guys out there, use your platform wisely. I Otherwise you wasted the time, you wasted your time, you wasted your moment. I love it so much. Before we let you go, Tom, have you got any more questions, my friend? I just want to say, Apache, thank you so much for it's been an absolute honor, a pleasure. You are a true inspiration, a true icon. Uh, just keep going, sir. Keep going. Keep you know spreading the message because it's yeah. I I bow to you, sir. I bow to you. God bless Same. you. Just absolutely, <laughs> man. This has been so inspirational. And anyone listening, take the man up on his offer. Just yes, absolutely. What's stopping you? 
Uh, Patrick, before we let you go, have you got any plugs, social medias, websites, anything you want people to go check out? Yeah, I mean, the main thing is Apache Indian HQ, which is the HQ will take you to, you know, my academy, AIM Music Academy, guys, get in touch. Um, I have my own online shop, Apache Styley, if you wanted to have any merchandise. But look out just for the page, look out for Apache Indian HQ, and that will direct you around what we're doing, how we try to make a difference here and around the world, and the work we're doing in Africa as well. Um, so big respect to everyone listening around the world when this comes out. I know that. Um, I'm definitely going to let everyone, make sure everyone um, locks it, tunes in and spreads the vibes because from what I'm saying, from what you guys are doing, that's already unity. And I want to you know, see that and people spread it and it goes further and hopefully inspires whoever's listening to this. So God bless you. Thank you for the time. Thank you for all the people watching, listening, haven't switched off yet. Um, <laughs> get, <laughs> get in touch. The movement is running. The music, music movement is running. Real change is coming. Real change. So stand up and be counted, guys. God bless you, man. I love that. Thank you so much, though. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you so much, my friend. Respect. Have a great evening, sir. Take care now. Bye-bye. Just a glorious man. A glorious interview. And my boy makes Birmingham sound amazing. So I'm going to love him for that alone. No comment. Apache, (laughs) thank you so much. sitting and talking to us you were it was a true honor a pleasure um and we hope that everybody enjoys this to it as much as we did recording it indeed so mr stevens yes sir it's audience participation time it's time to participate in jamie's audience participation challenge what has he asked you to do this week oh my brothers This week, I said, it's time for the audience to impress us. What is the most ridiculous and pointless fact you know? Maybe we could learn a thing or two. Mr. Stevens, what's your your fact, my friend? What do you know? So I brought two to the table. Oh, I like it. Two to the table. Jamie, you don't have a skeleton inside of you. You're a brain. You are inside of a skeleton. You are piloting a bone mech that's using meat armor. Yes. All right. Technically, yes, yes, I like that. Good. Like My that. other fact, however, <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever donated blood, that blood could be in someone's boner right now. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> I am never going to, because at work I have to deliver bags of blood to people. I'm never going to be able to look at one of those bags of blood properly ever again. Thanks for that. You're very, very welcome. I also have two. Nice. Well, one from me and one from my son, Samuel, because this blew my mind. Your 34-year-old son, yeah? Yeah, my 34-year-old son. Did you know that a hippopotamus's milk is pink? Is it? Apparently so. I did not know that. I found that quite fascinating. Are you sure that's strawberry milkshake? <laughs> I was going to say, that's what I'm going to be questioning every time. Yeah. I love strawberry milkshake as well, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> and my funky fact that amuses me is, did you know that the proboscis monkey, its defence mechanism, it gets a boner and just shakes it about to distract the predator and then <laughs> attacks them. Mouth, claws, everything. He's like, hey, look at this, look at this. <laughs> Right, now let's let the, the audience impress us. The, the other idea I had was just... <laughs> <laughs> on the tree branch. <laughs> I 
you do know the size of a proboscis monkey. They're like really tiny. The bear. Look how an absolute throb on you. You'd be like, Jesus Christ. Throb on. The lions, they're like, yeah, I don't want any of that, thanks. <laughs> don't any of that near me, thank you very much. <laughs> Jennifer Chavez, she informs us, a sperm whale's fart bubble is so big you can fit inside a horse. No way. <laughs> oh, because you'd probably die. If yeah, you oh. did not want to be behind that. Kate Nagaris tells us, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are actually animatronic and not actual dinosaurs, which was really disappointing to five-year-old her. <laughs> so I realise as well, no one asks what your favourite dinosaur is anymore. No, they don't. Should. It's T-Rex. Stegosaurus. Uh, Triceratops, sorry, not Stegosaurus. Debbie Matthews tells us a pig can orgasm up to 30 times a day yeah, and up to half an hour at a time. Yeah, I knew that already. She also yeah. says she's coming back as a pig when she does. <laughs> this blew my mind. I love this one. Martin Nichols, the first men's toilets had a bee on them to give gentlemen something to aim at so they wouldn't splash their shoes. Latin for bee is apis, A-P-I-S, giving us the saying, going for a piss. Really? Apparently so. Okay. I found that one really fascinating. Uh, thanks, man. Kieran Galt informs us that every packet of crisps in the UK goes out of date on a Saturday. No way. I googled this one because I was intrigued, and apparently so because they start their production on a Sunday. That's incredible. I know, right? <laughs> That's actually incredible. I love that. Stephanie Ellison tells us sticking your pinky out while drinking tea is the way prostitutes used to tell people they were available. That's where it started. It's not posh. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I bet something Matt, Matt Keenan tells us, did you know Charlie Chaplin once entered a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest and came third? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Violet Paula, more than 165 million cups of tea per day are consumed in the United Kingdom. I'm responsible for one of those today. Wow. Boanthrop- I'm sorry, Bev Sison tells us boanthropy is a psychological disorder in which patients believe they are cows. <laughs> Mark Taylor tells us your foot is the same size as the distance of your elbow to your wrist. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I know, because I did it the other day. My massive. Jesus, look at that. Lydia Manson tells us this is fascinating. I googled this one as well. Back in 1945, a farmer was attempting to cut the head off one of his chickens. However, the angle he came down with the cleaver, the chicken did not die. He was thus known as Mike the Headless Chicken. Mike continued to live for another 18 months. He finally met his demise when he choked on a kernel of corn. To this day in Colorado, they have a Mike the Headless Chicken festival every May. Do they actually? Yeah, I looked it up enough and it's real. That's phenomenal. There's pictures of this chicken being fed with like a little drip and everything. It's so weird. <laughs> Claire Jones tells us there is no number between one to 999 that includes the letter A in its word form. Wow. There you go. Did you know that one? I mean, I'm just racking rack through really quick, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I tried a few in my head and I was like, she's right. That's insane. Two left. Christopher Crossley. 
Now, you're going to participate in this one in a minute, hopefully. Okay. Hippopotamonstrosophophobia is a fear of long words. I could not pronounce that. Can, is that backwards or can you read it? Oh, my God. Hippopotamonstrosophophobia. Hey, you did a lot better job than I did. Fair play. That's insane. Wow. I know, wow, right? I was going to say to that, yeah. And he's back this week. It's Ryan Williams. Yay, the boy. And he drops us quite a few little nuggets of information. He says, I actually have a couple of random information. I could talk about random stuff for hours, but I'll I'll keep give it but I'll give other people a chance to keep it. So I'll keep it to a couple. Tigers have striped skin, not just striped fur. Yeah, knew that. The stripes are like fingerprints, and no two tigers have the same pattern. That's cool. That's really cool. I know, right? The collars on men's dress shirts used to be detachable. This was to save on laundry costs as the collar was the most was the part that needed cleaning the most frequently. Did not know that. Interesting. Boeing aeroplanes use potatoes to test their in-flight Wi-Fi. What? They reflect and absorb the signal similarly to people. The project is called Synthetic Personal Using Dialectic Substitution or Spuds. Spuds. Damn. There is an opposite of albino animals which aren't white, but black. These are known as melanistic animals. Cool. People don't need to sneeze in their sleep due to their brain shutting down the reflex. Okay. I can imagine waking yourself up sneezing must be the most terrifying thing (laughs) in the world. (laughs) To be fair, I've got it, lad. And the last (laughs) one... (laughs) (laughs) I get scared when I sneeze when I'm awake. (laughs) Especially when there's out of the blue ones. Your eyes can't explode, though. Very true. And last not least, I I found this quite funny. You know when people say you can dig a hole to China? Yes. Theoretically, it's possible if you start in Argentina. That would make sense, yeah, because it's the other corner of the world, yeah. That's incredible. Over the different... Because obviously I I post this question in a few different places. I had over 550 responses to this. Amazing. It took me quite a while to read through them. That's why there's quite a few. That's incredible. Thank you, guys. Seriously, it means the world. Thank you so much for participating in Jamie's challenge. I know he appreciates it and he loves it more than you could ever possibly imagine. Yes, I do. I yeah. hope you all learned something this week. I definitely did. That's definitely strawberry milkshake, yeah? <laughs> okay. Definitely strawberry milkshake. And I'm wondering how many people are holding their foot up to their arm and how many people are checking the dates on their pack of crisps. And who's now never going to give blood ever again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoy Jamie's participation challenge, you enjoy Tom's journal, Callum's teachings, and obviously the glorious interviews that we bring you on a weekly basis with some wonderful and incredible humans, then come check out the rest of the Chronicles of Podcast. There are five other editions for you to enjoy, to put in your face, allowing your ears, like moisturising to yourself. Whatever you want to do with our shows, you know, we're more than happy for you to do whatever you like with them. Um, then please come check out the Chronicles of Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you may find us, uh, either at TCO Pod or at the Chronicles of Podcast. We are also on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast. Come and follow us, come give us some love, give us some shares. Just throw us out there. Like, just go and tell your mates about us because, you know, we'd really appreciate it. We'd really appreciate more people, you know, getting some ears and some eyes, uh, unfortunately, on two ginger faces. So you can also follow us on the Twitter at TCO pod. 
And you can also follow us on the Insta at TCO Pod. And you can also follow us on the old TikTok at TCO Pod. We see all of our beautiful, beautiful trailers. You can come and follow us on the YouTube as well at the Chronicles of Podcast, where you can watch all the interviews and see all the trailers. Uh, and that's it. Um, and obviously, we have Way Back Wednesday, every Wednesday at 6 p.m., available on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever, wherever the bloody hell you get your podcast from, you will find us every Wednesday with Way Back Wednesday from a previous interview and every Friday with a brand new glorious episode. The Chronicles of Podcast. Downloaders, reviewers, sharers, raters, reviewers. Tell all, and I mean all, of your friends about us. Allow us into your ears, and most importantly, only listeners are riding a donkey on a beach. It's a very specific location. Exactly. I like it. Thank you very much. Jamie, another glorious week. Another glorious episode with my glorious co-host, with a glorious guest. And all the gloriousness. All the glorious. (laughs) This has been amazing. Thank you so much, my friend. You're very, very welcome. Apache Indian, thank you so much again for allowing us to bombard you with questions um, and harass you and everything else and, you know, find out all about the wonderful work that you do. Uh, guys, please go check out Apache Indian. You can find them on Spotify and where you get your music from. Uh, and also go follow AIM Academy Music on Instagram um, and anywhere you get your socials from and go and see the, the wonderful work that man does. Um, Jamie, as for this week... We'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Wind your body, wiggle your belly.